time to down your unders. Down your unders. The Frontline Gaming Network brings to you Art of War. Down Under. Review and dissection of content from some of the sharpest minds in the game. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Hello everyone and welcome to this episode 18 of the Art of War Down Under podcast. This is... I guess your one-stop shop for keeping up to date with Warhammer 40k as this crazy train of releases uh, gets underway again post the COVID uh, kind of lockdowns. I'm joined by the wonderful Aaron Green. For those of you who don't know Aaron, Aaron is a perennial um, podium up in the Queensland area. He's an amazing gentleman who has a wealth of knowledge and has just uh, joined the Art of War uh, team proper and he's just started writing articles for um, that are posted both on Frontline Gaming and on the Art of War War Room and website. Say hello, mate. Introduce yourself. Hey, everyone. Um, name's Aaron. So I've been playing 40K now for almost three years. Um, it's, yeah, it's been a it's been a wild ride through eighth. Um, played a number of different factions. Um, you know, through Dark Angels, Orcs, Imperial Guard, Space Wolves. Grey Knights for a bit there, GSC. So, yeah, it's um, it's been a bit of a ride. What a what a pile of of factions! But you found your way to you found your way to Space Wolves uh, towards the, the start of Ninth Edition, and now they've they've been a, a, one of your mainstay factions for quite some time. That's what we're here to talk about today, guys. We're here to talk and review this uh, Space Wolves Codex. Now, as as with all other reviews that we do, we're going to be going this uh, cover to cover pretty much as soon as the special rules start. We're going to be picking up from there, and we're going to give you our, our thoughts and deep diving any and everything. Um, that this book has to offer and then at the end of course we'll be wrapping up with our thoughts on how good we think it is but um aaron straight up um what were your first impressions of this book the first time you read it through uh first impressions of the book were i feel like i'm being pointed in a direction um mm-hmm. the kind of gw kind of sees wolves playing out in this edition um so i'm i'm pretty excited about it um, but not overly excited like this is going to just be the best ever. I think it's got some play, um, and finding out how to do that is going to be the trick. So it's interesting you say that. So that you say that despite them getting a plethora of new options because they now work from the, the base Space Marine Codex. You know, they never had Devastators before or Hunters, Stalkers, Thunderfire Cannons, things of that ilk. Um, but now that they do, you still think that you're still funneled a little bit? Your, your nose is pointed in a certain direction by G-Dub and, hey, this is exactly how you need to play and there's not much room to wiggle? Well, for in in a way, yes, because the the supplement really like really focuses on Thunderwolves. A lot of the stratagems are Thunderwolf mm-hmm. focused. They get a lot of the cool new things like advanced and charge built in things like that. So yep, yep. I feel like you want to be playing that. And if you're not, like all the other chapters do things extremely well as well. So if you're not using Thunderwolf cavalry or you know some of those space wolf specific things, you're probably just better off with like a White Scars or a Salamanders or something like that. Yeah, or a Blood Angels, etc. Exactly. Um, yeah, so we're going to be starting our review here. Oh, sorry, one more question. Um, so you played Space Wolves quite extensively prior to this Codex. How did you feel like they they settled or they they were pre-Codex in Ninth Edition? Where do you think they were, and how do you think they played? I think they were playing extremely strongly. Um, pretty, really backed up by the fact that you know some of the Saga of the Beast stratagems were just off the change. Um, you had you know Ragnar being the baddest man, forty k, just you know. Yeah. With touch of the wild, you know, spewing out like sometimes twenty plus attacks, which is just ridiculous. Um, plus, Wolfen were in a really good spot pre Codex with you know three up storm shields. They feel no pain, advance and mm. charge, everything like that. So, um, al- along with you know the free six inch icon, all the characters permanently, uh, they they played the mission really well. You could just counter charge, set up a you know 
cagey in the midfield and then you know jump on those objectives so yeah yeah pre codex they're in a they're in a very aggressively good spot probably almost too good combat wise mm-hmm. they did seem to be one of the best like objective clearing armies in the game like there was nothing that somebody could put on a mid-board objective that you could you didn't have the resources to kill it off um and then naturally you'd push past that and, and into their deployment zone etc etc they seem to they seem to be one of the like the, the inheritors of the the Kraken Gene Stealer spam. They were the inheritors of the ultra-aggressive starting on the board uh, play style, and they seem to do that to a T. Interested to see what we think about that, or whether we think that that's still their, their modus operandi by the end of this. But to tell you guys a little bit about Art of War Down Under, this, this, this part one is always a content review. I take a piece of content. I get an expert on that content, and I, I break it down for you guys cover to cover. Just so you know, a lot of people out there cannot, can't afford to go out and buy a, a sometimes in Australia 50 to 80 to sometimes $90 book every time one drops. This codex is for people out there who want to know what's coming out, who want to know what the new, new hotness is, want to know what things can do, the things that either they maybe they want to purchase they're going to play against. And then on top of that, we have a part two of this that's exclusive for the patrons of this podcast that is there to give you the expert insights into that faction the grand zero stuff that we think is going to be powerful and kind of where to start with a new book. Like with this one, we're going to be, uh, I know me and Aaron are going to be writing a couple of lists. Aaron has already a couple of lists he's already written. He's going to be sharing with us. And then we're also going to be reviewing and kind of uh, helping adjust uh, a patron's list that they've submitted to us. And so things like that, that's what we provide in the, in the part two of this, but um, jumping in. Page 42 for those following a lot at home successor chapters. There isn't a hell of a lot to talk about here, considering this isn't, this doesn't diverge from what, other successor chapters are what you get from the successor chapters in the in the basic core codex, but this is literally just saying that you can have successors of Space Wolves. Do you think this changes anything for how people play them at all? Do you think you, you do expect to see Space Wolves successors at all, Aaron? I think there's some pl- there, there could be some play there, uh, and people will definitely have a look at it and um, and like. But I like the I like the vanilla Space Wolves stuff, um, and that's mm-hmm. kind of where I see myself playing it. Um, but yeah, I think you know there's some. There might be some interesting combos that that come up, but I'm not sure if it's giving too much away. Yeah, well, nothing's slapping me in the face uh, automatically. I mean, apart from maybe the plus to is the plus to charge still plus one to charge the whirlwind of rage or whatever it is still a thing from the um, success traits in the space ring book that that you know in cohort with uh, a bunch of the the things you can do here might be something of interest, but um. You're giving up, of course, you're giving up a couple of things. You're going to have the plus to hit the um, heroic interventions and stuff that we learned from the Space Marine Codex. But moving on, we're going to jump over to the next page, which is page 45. This is detachment abilities. So I'm going to read out a couple of things verbatim here. I'll hit a few for your thoughts. Um, the first one is swift call units in Space Wars detachments gain the headstrong and berserk charge abilities. Um, I'll jump ahead quickly to those now, and so we can just give some context. So berserk charge, if this unit either has Hunter's Unleashed chapter tactic or is in the heritage of Primarch successor tactic and is using the chapter tactics of Space Wars, then each time it fights, if it made a charge move this turn, then until the fight is resolved, add one to the attack characteristic of models, excluding Wolfguard models in this unit. So usually I would assume that would come with a caveat saying... Um, uh, with with exception to shock assaults, they wouldn't get an extra two attacks. But in this one, in the case they do, do you think that's a that's a big deal? Do you think Berserker Charge is is strong? I think it's definitely good. Um, it it puts Blood Claws in an interesting spot um, when put side to side against Grey Hunters. Um, it's I mean an extra attack, an extra attack, right? So it's, it's yeah, great. exactly right. And yeah, so just checking. So I don't believe that they that uh, blood claws get that. By the way, blood claws. Just jumping over to them. They have berserk charge. Oh, sorry, berserk charge. Yeah. Exactly right. I was looking at the next one. Headstrong. So 
and I, they do have Headstrong. Apologies, I was <laughs> looking for the Swift Claw, the Swift Claw um, special rule instead. Headstrong is the other one that uh, Swift Claws and that uh, keyword comes attached with. This, if this unit does not contain a Wolf Guard model, then each time it declares a charge, it must declare the closest eligible unit as a part of its charge. I see this is a bit of a downside. I mean, admittedly, you can position yourself appropriately where this, this yeah. won't come back to bite you in the ass. But um, the fact that this is exploitable, exploitable by your opponent, like I can just run up and place myself dead set in front of you with something that's difficult for your bolt pistols, assumedly, to take out, then you're forced to charge a negative charge, like charging into five Deathwing Terminators or something absurd. That can be a real big issue. It can be. It's um, better but what are your thoughts? Well, it's better than it used to be because you don't have to charge now. Previous mm. previous codex, you were forced to make... You would you would have to declare and charge anything within 12 inches. Yep. So now, if you were blocked with something that was definitely something you didn't want to go into, you don't have to. So mm. uh, it's it's it's... There is a trade, like there's a trade-off, but it's it's definitely not as bad as it was. Um, not forcing your hand, so to speak. So yeah, exactly right. And uh, the last bit of the detachment abilities, of course, if you are entirely space wolves or entirely inher- inheritors of the Primarch with space wolves or whatnot, um, you get Savage Fury, which is when the Assault Doctrine is active. Each unmodified hit roll of a six scores one additional hit. That has not changed what in any way, shape, or form, to my knowledge. So no. yeah, do you still think that's a, a powerful mechanic to be built around, or do you think it's just a cherry on top when you get there? It's a cherry. We've already got so many mm. attacks. Uh, it's definitely nice, and it's you know without with you know with that touch of the wild, it's one way for characters to get more exploding attacks and things like that. Mm. Uh, but it's not so good that you wouldn't consider souping another chapter in potentially. Good call, and that's something we're definitely talking about in part two. Now, jumping into the stratagems, are you willing to to kick us off with the first one? Sure, can. Um, so the first one is go for the throat. And it's two CP, um, and it is. Use the stratagem in your command phase if the Assault Doctrine is active for your army. Until the next command phase, each time a Space Wolves model from your army makes an attack with a pistol or melee weapon on an unmodified rune roll of a six, improve the armor penetration characteristic of that attack by one. This bonus is um, cumulative with combat doctrines and you can only use the stratagem once per battle. That's something that I will never, ever use. So I'm I'm curious. I'm curious that it's once per battle and two CP. You think that if it was two CP, you wouldn't. It would be every turn. You could be. You could just pop it whenever you want. It's two CP. It's yeah. it's kind of the most expensive stratagems that you come across these days. There's very few to the three that are worth considering outside, say Vecton and, and things of that ilk. But yeah. um, if it's a pistol or melee weapon and a, a six is extra rent. The only time that's gonna I feel like that's gonna be relevant is like you're going up against a knight and you just need to you're winning on sixes anyway and you just want to double down on damage things like um lightning claws they they can make a difference there you're going to be fishing a lot more sixes um the unified wounds because you've got the real to wounds stuff but look in all honesty this is 2cp better spelled elsewhere yeah and um <laughs> already starting off pretty flat jumping over to the next one this is cunning of the wolf one cp Use a stratagem during deployment. Select one space source infantry unit from your army. All models in that unit gain the outflank ability. So instead of having, you know, I just we just did the the Death Watch uh, Codex review and they had one CP to put in reserves. Um, and we all know we can pay CP to put things in strategic reserve. This is one CP to put any infantry unit into outflank. The way this bothers me is that it doesn't say cavalry. If it was infantry or cavalry, mm-hmm. I'd be a lot more excited about it. But what yeah. are your thoughts, mate? Same. It's it's a it's a worse carryover um, from the eighth edition one, essentially. What kind of things do you think uh, are viable for this? I mean, I, automatically, I can think of you know maybe if you, if you were taking long fangs, this would be a way of well, as as you, as in, in days past, keeping them off the board and getting them in. Or Wolfen, you know, say Wolfen are something worth considering yep. down the track. Uh, 
yeah, Wolfen. Um, you, almost everything else you don't really need to. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe the new hounds. Is it possible? Oh, hands of hands of Morkai, but can't you already buy them? You can. Oh well, it depends. Let's say yeah, yeah, because it's like ten points to give him grapple launches or the grab shoot, um, which is deep strike anyway. Um, but it, let's say you uh, you didn't have ten points to spend, you could just do the same thing for one CP. Yeah, that is a nice yeah. little compromise. Should you find yourself tied at points at uh, list creation? But yeah, you want to jump into the next one, man. Yep. Uh, so Emperor's Executioners um, use a stratagem in the fight phase when a Space Wolf unit from your army is selected to fight. Until the end of the phase, each time a model in that unit makes a melee attack against a Thousand Suns unit, you can reroll the hit roll and you can reroll the wound roll. So, lol, lol, lol. A bit, a bit <laughs> of a carryover, a worse carryover again from the 8th Ed where it was exploding um, fours against um, T Suns. Um, you think you think exploding fours is worse than reroll to hit roll to wound? No, oh, I think exploding force is better, personally. But, really? Well, really? It, it depends I, on the situation because um, it was unmodified hit rolls of a four. So with space okay. rules, it was threes, exploding threes. Um, and it used on a particular, you know, like a smash character or something like that. It was it was pretty uh, hard. I see. So you said unmodified. Do you mean modified? You mean you could plus oh, and yeah, minus modified, modified. Sorry, yeah. Because that, that is sick, yeah. Exploding yeah. threes against these suns, that's a game changer. That means like a pack leader can kill a demon prince. There's been a uh, few times where I use that old one with uh, like a Thunder Hammer Smash uh, battle leader against Magnus, mm-hmm. and it was horrific. Nice, nice. Done. Well, to me, this is uh, this is Vengeance for Cadia. This is but, yeah. uh, specifically the Space Wolves versus Thousand Suns. I really hope Thousand Suns gets something to even this score because this, it's already a lopsided battle in my mind at the moment. Uh, mm-hmm. Next one, uh, Savage Strikes. This is a 1 CP slash 2 CP cost. So it's, uh, you can tell it's going to be a little bit interesting. You just drudge him in your fight phase when a Space Wolves unit from your army is selected to fight. If that unit made a charge move this turn, then that unit, so and then until that unit, fo- that Fight is resolved. Each time the model in the unit makes a melee attack, add one to the attack's wound roll. If it's five or fewer models, it costs one. Otherwise, it's two CP. If you'll notice, it did not say Space Wolves Infantry. It didn't say Space Wolves Character or Core or anything. There is no caveat here. Whatever you have got, if as long as it's Space Wolf, it will, you can give it plus one to wound on the charge. I think this might be the best one here. Yeah, I agree. I think it's absolutely amazing. Um, Space Wolves got heaps of ways to hit really reliably. Um, mm-hmm. generate extra attacks, no problem. And then yep. this is the the little push they needed to make it really, really uh, convert strongly. So I think it's amazing. I, exactly right. I think this is, is phenomenal. And the things that um, scream out to me already is, yeah, of course, the, same, the things we've been talking about, things like Thunderwolf Cad that have a couple of different profiles that will all get mileage out of this. And if you see, it doesn't say wounds. It's, it's five or fewer models. So you can have... You know, four wound Thundercav, that is, it's 20 wounds worth of guys for one CP or get plus one to wound on their multiple profile attacks. I think this is a phenomenally well well balanced and a very powerful stratagem. But uh, over to you, man, for the next one. Yep. Um, oh, great. I love this one. Healing Bombs, one CP. <laughs> Use the stratagem in the enemy movement phase. Select one Space Wolves Infantry, Biker, or Cavalry model from your army within three inches of the Space Wolves Wolf Priest to be healed. Uh, regain D3 lost wounds and only once per turn. Um, it makes me cry because this used to be built in to um, yeah. priests, uh, and the flavor of the month is you know Ma- uh, Chief Apothecary is running around with selfless healer, like it's a bit mm-hmm. of a slap in the face. Yes, so 
Yeah, it is. It really is. It's, it's a bit weird as well. I, I don't really understand why they had the need to break this out and put it in its own thing. I mean, it's there. I mean, in a clutch moment, you, you can heal um, characters with this, technically. So I'm yep. thinking that's the most applicable thing you're going to do with it. Heal Ragnar, heal Logan. Um, that isn't on his slay. I think Logan only slays a vehicle, but we'll, we'll double check that when we get there. But um, there are some applications here, but the only ones I see is characters. Like, I mean, that's about it. And for one CP, for the option to roll one on the D3, uh, kind of annoys me. But anyway, yeah. th- those D3s always... D3s have annoyed me since uh, the beginning of 8th edition. Um, next one, Pack Hunters, 2 CP. You just stratagem in your charge phase. Select one enemy unit within engagement range of any Space Wolves units from your army. First dot point, till the end of the turn, each time a friendly Space Wolves beast or Space Wolves character unit... Car- sorry, cavalry unit declares a charge. Um, that target the selected unit, roll additional D6 and discard one of the dice. Very good. Um, until the end of the turn, second dot point. Each time a friendly space will cavalry model makes an attack with its crushing teeth and claws against the selected unit. Each time a friendly space will beast model uh, makes an attack with teeth and claws against the selected unit, you can reroll the wound roll. That was very, very interestingly, stupidly worded. Yeah. But the fact that you can reroll to wounds with your crushing claws and teeth, and you get a roll an additional d6 on the charge, discarding any of the dice. Two CP is a bit steep, but for a crucial charge, it's going to be pretty potent, right? Well, the beauty of it as well is it's not limited to just one unit charging. Oh, exactly right. Any unit that selects that, that that one as a charge, that yeah. is really potent. Yes, and you can so you could be setting up. And it, the other thing here that I found interesting, it doesn't say like so. I could multi declare here as well. So as like correct, it, I'm feeling like you could be multi declaring with you know say two units of Thunder Wolf Cavalry or three if you're going, and then you're making three lots of three to six pick the highest two charges and yep all your um you know the cavalry um themselves are re-rolling their uh wounds it's yep. there's, there's a lot of output and board control potential with this well you're spot on this is very jankable this is very exploitable from the spatials point of view i mean the first thing that popped into my mind is a lot of the time you make a long bomb charge and you charge yourself out of range of all your auras mm. this this gives a way for those auras to catch up to make the same long bomb charge with just as amount of efficiency as the, as the guys in front of them. I mean, you think about this in conjunction with the plus two charge um, litany mm-hmm. from a, a chaplain, and it becomes you can you can just leapfrog leaps and bounds across the board as a as a good as a good doggo would. But um, yeah, the fact that this is exploitable, you're absolutely right. The multi charge aspect of this really unlocks a lot of different synergies and a lot of different options. I like it. I think this is a lot deeper than I thought on first on, on face value. So thanks for pointing that out. Are you willing to jump in the next word? Yep. Uh, Relentless Assault, uh, 1 CP. So use the stratagem in the fight phase when a Space Wolves unit from your army consolidates. Each model in that unit can move up to an additional three inches for that consolidation move, and this is not cumulative with any other rule that increases the distance models can pile and not consolidate, most namely Ragnar, for example. Um, Yes, or the aforementioned litany I just said that would give you the same bonus. Correct. So I think this this will be situational. This could come up. It's only 1 CP, so uh, the cost is right. Um, but it could mm-hmm. be very clutch just to get that extra movement, tag up something different, block you know, block uh, a crucial you know pathway for uh, the opponent that they want to move through in the next turn. I, th- I think it's I think it's it's okay. It's solid. So the where I really like this, I'm just going to skip ahead slightly. Um, just double check this is still what I think it is. So okay, there's a ch- there's I'm going to foreshadow a little bit, but this this goes amazingly well with the armor of Russ. 
So the armor of rust is fight last within engagement range now. It's not a three-inch aura or anything what it used to be or a six-inch aura or what it was. Um, this is a really good way of making giving the, a bigger impact to the armor of rust. You activate your armor of rust character first, pile him in six inches, and double down another unit that would have attacked before yours or you, you're worried about being... Um, interrupted on your thunderwolf cav get cut in half by i don't know another unit of terminators or something of the of equal distance all of a sudden this guy you get a six inch consolidate and he turns that unit off and they can't they have to fight absolutely last i think that is when you need it you're going to be very happy it's there but most of the time it's going to be pretty forgettable yeah um all right next one Cloaked by the storm, two CP. You just drag him in your psychic phase after resolving the effects of a psychic power from the tempestas discipline. I hate that word. Uh, manifested by a space wolf psychic model from your army until the start of your next psychic phase. Each time a ranged attack is made by a friendly space wolf unit within six of that psychic, subtract one from that attack's hit roll. So this is um, this is kind of evocative of a power they used to have is i mean i don't know if they still have it actually but what are your thoughts here it's essentially the same stratagem they had uh last edition but a cp cheaper yep that's it oh it was three cp last time yeah it was heinous Uh, outrageous yeah it's gonna be weird you might actually use this one now yeah it's gonna be weird I'll, i'll touch on it when we get to the going actually through their powers um why i think it's gonna be super situational but yeah it's Neg one to hit, neg one to hit, but I think at two CP, That's right. it's pretty expensive still. Well, yeah, exactly right. But I mean, you can get a lot of stuff within six. Um, it is units within six rather than models, which is good. Fantastic. So I mean, you can you can get a lot of coverage on that. I mean, if you're playing Tau or Guard or hell, even Orcs, it might be just absolutely clutch. But yeah, it's it's not going to break the bank, mm. um, and it's not going to break the game either. Um, up for the next one is yours, yep. man. So deed worthy of a saga, two CP. Use the stratagem in any phase when a Space Wolf's character model, uh, excluding vehicles uh, from your army that does not have a Warlord trait, meets the requirements for a deed. Uh, at the end of the phase, until the end of the battle, that model gains the Saga ability associated with that deed. Um, so I think it's really cool. Um, it's going to be pretty yep. situational, but uh, there are some really good Warlord traits that have a very good aura um that you could switch on for two cp it doesn't Mm -hmm. mention any limitations in terms that if you've already got a warlord on the battlefield with that particular warlord trait um you can still activate that deed there's there's no exclusions there um so uh, and when we get into those warlord traits it'll it'll make a bit more sense but yeah i think this will not be something that happens every game but in the games where you find the opportunity for it to make it work it's going to be really cool Mm. So this is so. I mean, sorry, I'll never, I won't foreshadow too much. We'll get to detail when we get to them. But I think this is kind of clutch, and I'm, I'm a big fan of that they put something this thematic in there because this is this is something that the space Wolves would do, like absolutely for sure. Uh, next one, one CP. This is a trophy bestow, bestowed. Use this stratagem after nom- nominating a model drawn from the space Wolves accepted chapter to be your warlord. You can give them one relic to a character model from your army that is drawn from an accessor chapter instead of giving them a special issue war gear or a chapter relic from Codex Space Marines. If you do, replace the space with keyword, blah, 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 blah. And I'm assuming the next one is the same, but for Warlords, if you take a successor chapter, Thane of the Retinue, uh, use a strategy before the battle, sorry, 1CP, when this when you're mustering your army, if the, your Warlord has the Space Wolves keyword, select one Space Wolves model from your army that has the word Sergeant or Pack Lead in their profile, that model can have up to one special issue war gear, relics even though they are not a character oh that's cool that is yeah. actually cool sorry not not everyone gets that yeah so i'm very happy that they do supplements have a similar thing 
Yep. Um, so you, you see sergeants sometimes with teeth of terror and stuff like that. This is the same kind of deal. Um, I I think like frost frost weapon on a pack leader uh, in some situations would be really cool. Um, yep. Just depends how much CP you've got pre-game, and there are some. I think there'll be some combos with frost weapon that make it you know fairly interesting. Yeah, sick. Did you have any mention anything to to add to trophy bestowed? I did kind of just completely gloss over it, but do you think no. it's uh, relevant or much to talk about? No, it's it's the same that other um, that the other supplements have. Um, it's just a it's just a copy paste with space wars written on it. Yeah, not totally fair enough. Next one's yours, dude. Uh, Warrior of Legend, one CP. Um, use the stratagem after nominating a space wolves character model that is not a named character to be a warlord. You can generate one additional warlord trait for them, and it must be one of the space wolves ones. Um, yeah, each warlord trait in your army must be unique. Blah blah blah. Um, you can use the stratagem once. It's just the same as the other supplements. Being able to give a second warlord trait from the supplement. Mm to a non-named character that's already got a warlord trait. So double warlord trait, super powerful. Um, it's some yeah. great combos that you can make, especially with the new uh, standard Space Marine warlord traits and then adding on a Space Wolves one, it's just fantastic. Like you're already a super killy character and you can take a warlord trait to make you extra killy and now you can take another warlord trait to make you double extra killy. So you're super, super duper killy. Or you can be super killy and give everyone obsec. And, and obsec, exactly, exactly right. You can retain all your killiness and then give them obsec, just cause you know, little cherry on top of your your stupidly killiness. Anyway, next one, bestial nature one CP. Use a stratagem in your command phase. If a combat doctrine is active for your army, select one space wolves infantry, space wolves cavalry, or space wolves barker unit from your army to the start of the next command phase. That unit gains the bonus of the assault doctrine instead of the active combat doctrine. So one CP to jump ahead to assault doctrine. That is pretty nice for one CP. Uh, there are quite a few ways and means for Space Wolves to make very early charges and being able to jump ahead on essentially any of the good units, exception you know, being some of the characters. Uh, I think it's quite powerful. But what are your thoughts, man? Um, I think it's good. I think if you need the, you know, the assault doctrine extra AP to really guarantee a kill, uh, the experience, you would assume that that turns on Savage Fury as well um, because you're under the effects of the yeah, assault of course. Um, It's situational. It's, it's, I would be using it in situations where I can completely negate any type of save that the, um, the opponent would be taking um, or if I genuinely am going to fish for extra attacks. Yeah, exactly right. I think, um, I think it's pretty good though. I think you, you would, this is probably going to be a mainstay um, on a couple of, for a couple of different reasons, mostly because you're a space force, yeah? You're going to make combat turn two unless you're being really slowed down some way. And so just being able to get that clutch assault doctrine, I think it's really good. Yeah. Um, your choice. Yeah. Counter um, So counter charge. Um, it is one CP or zero CP. Um, so use this strategy in your opponent's charge phase. Select one Space Wolves unit from your army. Until the end of the phase, that unit is eligible to perform a heroic intervention uh, if it's within six inches uh, horizontally of an enemy unit. And when performing a heroic intervention with that unit, you can move each model in that unit up to six inches. All the other rules for heroic intervention still apply, and the stratagem is uh, free if the Space Wolves unit you select is a character. So to carry over from Saga of the Beast um, yep. is fantastic, and it gives Space Wolves that that free character six-inch heroic back in a way. Um, it's Well, the fact that it's free for a character and it's one CP for anybody else, I think this is clutch. I think this is really good. Fucking amazing. Uh, it is, <laughs> it is, it's one of the things that I think makes Space Wolves a really 
um, palatable choice with this new um, with this new book. I think it's part of the uniqueness that really brings them ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think I think this is their thing. Their thing is that they're an assaulty army that is difficult to assault and difficult to come to grips with. And this kind of stuff just doubles down on that. On top of the fact that they already all heroic intervene. Um, and yeah, I, I think this is, is really, really good. Uh, next one, Keen Senses, 1CP. Use a strategy in your shooting phase, select one Space Wolves, Infantry, Biker, or Cavalry unit from your army. To the end of the turn, you can ignore any and all Blister skill, Weapon skill, or Modifiers. And each time you make a charge roll for that unit, you can ignore any and all Modifiers to that charge. The second part of that is the part I like better. The ignoring Blister skill and Weapon skill Modifiers is only ever going to be plus one, minus one, etc., etc. But uh, being able to ignore the effects of charging through a forest, I think is very, very big. And very big at, in the harder games. The yeah. better your opponent is, the more relevant this is going to be. I've been using forests judiciously to annoy my opponents when I'm playing uh, Dark Angels gun lines and, and Imperial, especially with playing Imperial Guard. I need my craters and my forests to be like my third, my second squad of whatever. But uh, give us your thoughts. I love this one. A um, couple reasons. Um, you, you use it in the shooting phase. Um, so you are setting your turn up. Um, and let's. One one thing I like is uh, custodes are quite popular at the moment, at least in my local area. They're yes. pop, they're popping up quite yep. a lot. This is a good way to um, oh. take Tanglefoot out of the equation. So yeah, man, that's huge. Um, you do it now. That there's they can't do it, so you can't kind of get it um, like bait out their CP usage. But you can guarantee that mm-hmm. it just takes it off the table for them. So that's one. Um, and then I'm looking at, you know, being able to ignore weapon skill modifiers is really, really cool if your Thunderwolf cavalry are charging in with power fists. So you ignore the neg one and then you're hitting with power fists on twos. Um, very true. Very, very, juicy. very true. Um, yeah, very juicy. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, big fan. That's cool. Yeah. I, I like keen senses. One CP, I think Love that's – well, in, in a lot of senses – Sorry, can senses, but in a lot of senses, uh, it can like on one squad, it can give you a multitude of different values for one CP. Give you plus one to hit in movement. So plus one, sorry, plus one to hit in shooting, plus one to hit in combat, and then essentially maybe plus two to a charge if you were charging through a forest, which would have been negative otherwise. Um, that, that's a huge amount of value for one CP, and I think you can set this up to be a game breaker or a game winner essentially in a, in a lot of matchups. Um, but on to the last one, please wrap us out, man. Last one, Runic Wards for 1 CP. So use the strategy in your opponent's psychic phase. After a psychic test is passed for an enemy psychic unit, select one Space Wolves unit uh, from your army within 12 inches of that psychic unit. Uh, the unit you selected can attempt to deny that psychic power by taking it to deny the witch test as if they are a psycho. Um, slightly changed from the 8th edition version, which was a character within 24 inches of a psycho can attempt to do a nine. What's better is now it's once the power is passed in eighth at the start of the psychic phase you have to declare that uh, you're going to do it um and you don't weren't always guaranteeing value or this you know that the spell that you wanted to potentially stop was even going to be cast so i remember this i remember i remember um a good mate of mine trying to use this on araman and then araman just spent a bunch of cp forced through a warp time and took himself out of range and then did, did the, his other two powers out of range of it. Yeah. And the guy was just like, oh, <laughs> that sucked. And he's correct. That does, that does suck. Yeah. Um, all right. That encapsulates all, encapsulates all 16 of the new stratagems for Space Wolves. Now, I'm not crazy excited for these. I don't think there is a – I, I can't see a single – 
build around one in here. I can't see a mainstay. Oh, I'm going to use this every turn and it's going to enforce what I'm doing or double down on a build. But I can see four of these that I think you're going to use pretty judiciously. Mm-hmm. But what are your thoughts? Um, I agree. I think there's definitely uh, play around some of these. I think countercharge is a mainstay of uh, yeah, absolutely. the army and it, it really enforces the kind of p- a play style that Wolves can take where they're not super aggressive but they they hang around that midfield waiting for you to make a misstep and then they can pounce and it also forces the opponent to the play around the fact that oh they could be coming you know the heroic convention is three inches whole army wide and uh, something can do six inches and they, 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 it's taking a lot of mental capacity out of their game yep um savage strike the plus one to wound is phenomenal um and then the play around ones are really going to be like pack hunters keen senses things like that yeah yep. that, that's where i see it Exactly right. I'm pretty much exactly the same. I think um, bestial nature is going to be it's going to be very obvious when you use it. I do like the combination, the duality between um, pack hunters and cunning of the wolf. It, until I read that you cunning of the wolf is spatials infantry only, and then I was like, oh, come on. Yeah, there was a, such a good way for you to take get a three d six and for a CP rerolling all three d six charge from reserve, which is one thing spatials have never been good at. Which is why blood angels have always been that step above spatials. Space Wolves kill better than Blood Angels. They've always killed better than Blood Angels, but Blood Angels get there reliably and Space Wolves don't. Now, I thought that would have been a good opportunity for them to open that up and let you have a 3d6, possibly plus two charge from reserve with a you know, Master of Sanctity or whatever. Um, but no, nah, not allowed. Sorry, mm. <laughs> too bad. <laughs> but yeah, um, Savage Strike is easily the best one to my mind. It's- plus one to wound for one CP. For anyone. So tough. Just- exactly, for yeah. anyone, man. So strong. Yeah. Um, that bestial nature, countercharge, keen senses, and then pack hunters when, when it's very obvious you're going to use it. Also, relentless assault, a nice little bit of jank. But apart from that, nothing really set me on fire, um, except for Savage Strike. Savage Strike does set me on fire because I'm just like, you're so dead, dude. One yeah. CP, you are so dead. Sure. You know, I'm not leaving up to chance. I'm not, not letting it go to the judges. One CP, you are in the ground. Yeah. I love that. It's fantastic. Really good. Um, all right, moving on. We're up to the Warlord traits. I think um, I'll take us in. The first one here is a Beast Slayer. Uh, while this Warlord is within engagement range of any enemy monsters or vehicles, add one to the attack characteristic. Cool. And then the next one, each time, so each, the next dot point, each time this Warlord makes an attack against a monster or vehicle, add one to the attack's hit and wound roll. Fair enough. That is actually pretty good um, when you get the package together. As for how relevant is going to be, not too sure. I mean, I'm not seeing a hell of a lot of monsters and vehicles in my meta, but um, what about yours, man? you got a, you got a weird-ass meta up there. We do. Um, yeah, still not a huge amount of vehicles and monsters. Um, it's the same Warlord trait that's uh, listed for Space Wolves in the Marines decks. It's it's good, um, but mm-hmm. it's at the moment, at least in the, the games that I'm seeing, it doesn't, it doesn't have a huge amount of play. Yeah, game. that's fair. Uh, there's, there's a very possible meta coming up in the future where i think this would be cool mm. i mean a lot of people are saying you know our oh, tyrannids are going to get monster mash properly again and because the because the uh, forge world big monsters are pretty good you know dimacaron and the, the hero jewels are playable so people are expecting that to be a thing um maybe this comes back around if that's the case but I, honestly i can't get too excited for it just because it's too it's too narrowed it's too narrowed in its applications yeah. but the buffs are freaking legit man <laughs> absolutely legit plus one to hit plus one to wound and plus one attack against monsters and vehicles amazing could be really good it might with that strategy that we were talking about before where you could switch on an aura i can see maybe like 
adjudicator or something like that that maybe kills a monster or you know a vehicle or something like that and then you turn on the aura for um for that for for beast slayer which gives a six inch aura to space Wolf's core units and then they get the plus one to the wound for yeah monsters vehicles but it, it's it's situational at best but it's an option if you come across that so th- that, you know that's a that's a perfect segue, Aaron. Do you want to tell us what do you want to tell us about sagas? So we have wall of traits, and a wall of trait goes hand in hand with a saga. Tell us tell us about the correlation. Yeah. So every wall, like all the wall of traits, have a base um, ability which applies to the character that um, has that wall of trait, um, and then each one of those wall of traits has a, a specific trigger or a deed, um, and once that kind of condition is met, it unlocks what is generally an aura. Um, that affects other units. So for Beast Slayer, for example, if uh, the Warlord with the trait um, destroys a monster or vehicle uh, with an attack, um, it unlocks the aura, which then creates six-inch aura around that um, Warlord uh, for Space Wolf's core units, and all those core units get um, plus one to wound against monsters and vehicles. So usually whatever the base trait is correlates quite directly with what the aura becomes. Yep. So for the rest of the wall of traits, we're going to read out the wall of trait, give our opinions, and then read out the associated saga. So we don't need to go, you guys get the context of them both together rather than jumping back and forth. I'll jump, I'll jump to the next one and I'll, I'll read out Wolfkin. So for the purposes of its shock assault ability, this wall is always treated as having had made a charge move and make D3 additional attacks instead of one. So this is literally just plus D3 attacks, right? In a weird way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. So they didn't need to, they didn't need to attach it to your shock assault. Well, they did, sorry, because otherwise you would get D3 plus one when you did charge. Correct. So I guess they, they took away an attack but gave you D3 instead, but all the time. So it's good, D3 extra attacks. And the associated uh, deed for the saga for this, um, an enemy model is destroyed as a result of melee attack made by this model. So just an enemy model. So just kill one freaking guy. And then a saga of the Wolking or is active. While a friendly space was core unit is within six of this model, that unit is always treated as having made a charge move for the purposes of its shock assault. So it's all, So pretty much it just gives an aura plus one attack. To all intents and purposes. Um, but uh, is this thing, does this set you on fire, baby? Not at all. It's oh, yeah, no. the way I, the way I look at it is generally speaking, good space wolves units they're not stuck in combat. It's rare. Yes. Um. Yeah. I just it's who are these guys that are surviving round one? Exactly. Uh, it, it it just doesn't. It's just not that amazing, you know. Um, mm. I find I would say. Eight out of ten times, if I have a combat that's still going, generally someone else charges in and reactivates my shock assault for me. Like that's generally how yeah. it plays out. So yeah. Well, every time I've had a a thing where I'm in combat with a space wolves unit for more than one turn, it's because I'm beating them. It's because I'm winning the combat, and they've got like two guys left. And, yeah. and this wouldn't change. This wouldn't change the metrics of that combat. Plus, an extra attack wouldn't wouldn't change that fact. No. Um, but. Your turn, dude. On to yep. the next. So the third one, Warrior Born. So at the start of the fight phase, if this warlord is with engagement range of enemy enemy units, it can fight first that phase. Um, the associated deed is activated by um, an enemy character model is destroyed as a result of a melee attack made by this model, uh, which unlocks the aura for Space Wolves core units within six inches. Um, and if they're within engagement range of enemy units, they fight first that phase. Look, that's that, that's that second part. The the deed there, the warrior born aura, is actually very powerful. But once again, like it's 
I mean, firstly, it's very hard to get it to activate. You've got to go with this character, go and kill a character. Yeah. Um, in some games, that's going to be very easy. In a lot of games, it's going to be very difficult, um, especially because you've got to do it immediately. You can't, you can't you know, uh, opportunistically shoot them down in some way, shape, or form. Is there anything here I'm not saying? Not really. I think it's it's pretty cut and dry. It's, um, it's not terrible, but I, I don't know when I'd be picking it when looking at some of the mm. others and the other combos from the, the base Marine book. Fair enough. On to the next one, Hunter. Add one to uh, – sorry, and just by the way, this is my favorite one. Mm. Add one to advance and charge rolls made for this Warlord. And then the second dot point is this Warlord is eligible to charge in a turn in which it advanced or fell back. Now, the associated saga, successfully charge an enemy unit with this model. <laughs> and then the aura is, while a friendly space core unit is within six of this model, that unit is eligible to declare a charge in turn in which they advanced. While a friendly space core unit within, with Swift Hunter's abilities within six of this model, that unit is eligible to charge in the turn in which they fell back. I freaking love this one. This- Firstly, it's stupidly easy to trigger. And sorry, your thoughts, man? No, I completely agree. Stupidly easy to trigger. Um, it's an auto take, I think, for every wolves list it is that it is that good um and especially in conjunction with thunderwolf cavalry they as soon as they have that aura they're white scars they're they're falling back and charging if they need to um it's yep. you know they they could be leaving and going off to something bigger and better and leave like leaving whatever they still had in combat to be mopped up by something in the midfield or you know whatever it's phenomenal the the extra the plus well, advance and charge um on the on the base um, uh, Warlord is fantastic. I th- I'm, immediately, my head goes to Primaris, Chaplain on bike um, for some yes. massive leaps and bounds around the board to deliver auras as well to where they need to be. Like it's 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 so good. I 100% agree. So this gives um, Swift Hunters to everything that doesn't have Swift Hunters, and anything that does have Swift Hunters becomes White Scars. They charge intentionally, they fell back, which I think first and foremost is. Phenomenal for re-triggering shock assault, meaning it this already supersedes the one we just read, the Warrior Born one, where you would get or whichever one we read before that would give you the shock assault when you didn't have it. Yeah. You could just recharge and get it whenever you want. On top of that, this thing is triggered like you are in complete control of when this is triggered, and all it's it's entirely on your dice. Your opponent doesn't have to make saves or lose a character or anything like that. It's just like, oh cool, I made the charge, we're on baby. It's party time. I think yeah. this is really powerful and really, really good for Space Wolves. It's one of the best ones for activating a free aura as well. Like a character just getting a charge off, no problem, I'll activate that. Um, the only caveat to the sagas, which probably didn't mention before, is that the aura abilities are triggered at the end of the phase. So yeah. that's pretty key. Like with the advance and charge one, for example, you can't, you know, first turn, advance charge with the character, yeah, I'm in, and then expect that to be translating into the units behind it. Like it's, it, there is a delay, yep. that, but yeah. Very true. Um, next one is yours. Uh, yep. So Aura of Majesty, um, add three inches to the range of this ward's rights of battle, tactical precision, chapter master, and spiritual leader's ability to a, a maximum of nine inches and add three inches to the range of any litanies recited by this ward to a maximum of nine inches. Um this interesting deed is activated uh, at the start of your command phase. This model uh, is within range of an objective marker that is more than six inches away from your deployment zone. So a midfield objective. Um, and the aura that it gives is while well, a friendly space source core unit that is within six of this model, uh, each time a morale test is taken, it is automatically passed. So it gives a you know, six inch fearless bubble to core units. It's, 
it could be good on a chaplain is where I'm seeing this um, to, you know, increase litany ranges and things like that. Um, it now works with all litanies recited by um, chaplains. Uh, there was only, yep. I think, two litanies that worked um, with this um, Aura of Majesty previous edition. So it's it's strong, um, but, it, again, it's it, it's going to come to end your list building. Do you really need it? Um, yeah. Mm. Um, this one is it's like you almost don't care about getting the, the saga done. No. You, if you were going to take this, you take it for the Aura of Majesty, you take it for the plus three inches range. And if you get the, if you get the saga done, good for you. Congratulations. <laughs> little yeah, little bit of bonus. Yeah. Um it doesn't really it's not really going to be a game changer. But the the funny thing, I thought of how could you possibly trigger this turn one? And I'm like, you just take a Phobos Lieutenant or a Phobos Captain and deploy them on an objective midboard. <laughs> and then at the start of your first turn, you get your deed. Yeah. Cool. I mean, good for you. It's not a great day, though, so it doesn't, no. it doesn't matter. We're not taking, <laughs> it, was, it was a cute little thing. We're not taking big units. The only the only time where the fearless is going to be really super relevant is, you know, Fenrisian Wolves, something like that. You could, yeah, you could swarm Fenrisian Wolves. You could take, like, is it 3 into 20 is the max you can take? Or can they do 30s? I think they do 15. I think they come in 15s, maybe up to 20. The book will tell. They me. must have nerfed them from the uh, the the dog star days, and it's like never yeah, again. Up to fifteen. Uh, up to fifteen, and with then a side wolf on top, so you can do sixteen. Um, so yeah, you know, you can do uh, forty eight of them, I guess. But I mean, you know, there's there's better things to do with your points. There is. Last one. Resolve of the bear. Each time this warlord would lose a wound, roll a d6 on a six. The wound is not lost. Each time an attack is made against this warlord, your opponent cannot re-roll. The wound and can re-roll, not re-roll the damage roll. That is nice because would that counter that would counteract salamanders quite nicely. And then the resolve of the bear, which is the deed. Um, this model loses any wounds. So if it loses any wounds, you get this. And then saga of the bear aura. While a friendly space was core unit is within six of this model, each time model in that unit would lose a wound on a six. The wound is not lost. So you get a six up feel no pain bubble, which would um, I guess be useless if you took any apothecaries. Which you can. Uh, yeah, which you cannot, of course. Um, and this time, tax medicates will your opponent cannot reroll the wound, it cannot reroll the damage roll. Look, that's not bad. Yeah. That is actually not bad as just a buff to keep a, a like a, a brick of a, a model alive. What do you think? I personally think, and this could be controversial, but I think this is the second best Space Wolves ward trade in the yep. book. Um, Tell us why. I think it. I think it just gives the option for having a pseudo apothecary feel no pain bubble. It's not lying the world on fire, but I think it's good and it's easy enough to activate. It's also one of those yep. ones that uh, could be good for that two CP, just turning on an aura, a character loses a wound, going to turn that on. I think making like a, a Thunderwolf Lord um, with this and pairing it with the, a relic that we haven't gone through yet um, makes that character extremely tanky, along with their feel no pain. Um, extremely hard to damage and kill. Um, I think it's. I think it's got some play. I like like if you have the feel no pain aura. Um, I would say that it's weaker, but I think that aura potentially could be really good because there's no other way to get a feel like that feel no pain aura. Um, yeah. Like do you want to do you want to tell us about that for those of you people who are unaware? What's the deal with that? Why can't they take the apothecaries? They can't take apothecaries. Well, I would say that it basically comes down to fluff because their wolf priests do that, but it's an exclusion from the Space Marines Codex where they can't uh, they can't take 
uh, a range of units, and one of them being apothecaries. And I think they're the, they're the only chapter that doesn't happen. Um, and now that was because you had uh, wolf priests and things of that ilk. You had yeah. um, it was a wolf priest, and then you had iron. What are they called? Iron priests. All the other fun. So yeah, I've, iron priests and things like that. I've got it up now, but so. they're not. They're not in this book. No. They are not part of this book. So just for the full transparency of the people, of the listeners at home, give us the lowdown. What does it say there? And if it gives an explanation, please let us know why. Well, it just says these are the non-Codex compliant chapters list and the Space Wolves cannot take uh, Pothecary. They can't take Assault Squad. They can't take Devastator Squad, Stern Guard Veteran Squads, Tactical Squads or Vanguard Veteran Squads because they all have their own specific flavorsome unit that does the exact same job except Pothecaries really. Because except that- for the Apothecary. Mm. Mm. Now I don't I don't need to tell people at home, but Aaron, what's the most powerful unit in the Space Marine Codex? The Apothecary. Specifically or the a, Chief Apothecary. Either, yes, either that or the Master of Sanctity would be my would be oh, the yeah. two one that that sorry, well, the chaplain that. on bikes specifically. Um but you can get him, you can't get the damn apothecary. Now, how freaking significant would the apothecary be in the kind of list we're talking about with a lot of Thundercab and things of that ilk? It would be a game changer and it would skyrocket spacials in a lot of different ways. And it actually bothers me that they excluded apothecaries in that manner and then didn't give you the equivalent one um, when it came into this book. So that actually is annoying. Um, or even a lot of version would have been nice. Yeah, exactly. Or even just the res. Just give us the res. Don't give us the feel no pain. Or just give us the feel no pain. Don't give us the res. Some, yeah. So. Maybe it's a bit more of a beat stick in exchange for not being able to do both, etc. But yeah, it, it is a bit frustrating that they don't get that. So in, encapsulating the war traits in the sagas, you believe um, Resolve of the Bear to be the second best. And of course, I think we both agree Hunter is far and above the best of these options, yeah? Yeah, I just really like Resolve of the Bear. I think it's I think it's got, uh, yeah, I just think it builds the resilience of the, of the list which is always good. Um, and, yeah, the others are okay, um, but wolf-specific ones, I really I, I look at Hunter, I look at Bear, I go, they're the two that always look at come out on the page to me. So here's, here's my funny little tidbit. Let's say, theoretically, the Dark Angels book comes out and there's the lion and the wolf strat again. Would you take an auxiliary with a, a Talon Master in it so that one CP you can deal this guy a wound at the start of the game and then trigger your six off your no pain? Oh boy! Yeah, I'd probably be in for that. I mean, I'd be down. I totally. I'd be like Aaron. You should. You should do that. And you know how, you know <laughs> you how powerful I am to Dark Angels as well. So I know you sacrilegious <laughs> bastard, but good for you. Make it work for you. But yeah, I would totally do that if that still exists in the space in the next one, which I'm kind of thinking it won't. But it would be cool. All right, jumping over, we're up to the relics. And um, there's, uh, there's there's six relics or six no, seven relics, and then there's the special issue war gear. So jumping into the relics, the first one is the armor of rust. This is the mainstay bad boy that you saw in every single space marines space wars list in eras gone by. This reads: the uh, bearer has a save characteristic of two plus and a four plus invulnerable save, which most of them already had anyway of the from the belt of rust. But uh, also reads: at the start of the fight phase, you can select one enemy unit within engagement range of the bearer. That unit doesn't is not eligible to fight. This phase until all other eligible units from your army have done so. So, essentially, the best version of fight last. Now, there are a few changes from the last one. I think this used to be an aura. It was either I think it was a three-inch aura, um, or was it a six-inch aura even? But now it is one unit. You select one unit within engagement range. It has gotten worse, but I still think it's good. Yeah. So it now gives the two-up armor as well, which is really good. So that's new, uh, and the the new way of fighting last. Um, essentially means that you can't interrupt where it was FAQ'd at the end of 8th that you could. 
Um, there is no FAQ that really clarifies it now. So reading it as it as it is laid out, counter counter um, offensive doesn't work. Um, so that's actually quite strong. It is because you are not eligible, and I think that is the key phrasing. Uh, is this still a mainstay? You think this is still still does what it needs to do? Um, I think so because I think it pairs really well with the heroic intervention side of things. Um, and you know sometimes you just really need to shut down a unit. Um, and you don't want those swings back on a particular, you know, uh, character or unit um, that, that they're in combat with as well. So, yeah, mainstay. Exactly right. And you think of a unit like, a, let's say, a full brick of Deathwing Knights or something of that ilk. You can't, you, let's say you put two units of Thundercav in there and you, you can't afford to, like, lay an egg on the first squad attacking and then completely lose the second squad. Exactly. He rolled exactly. baller. On his on his saves, or you rolled under on your wounds, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. This just once again, don't let it go to the judge. Get all your get all your attacks in before they even get to have a say. I like it a lot. Um, next one's yours. Yep. Uh, so Wolfenstone's back, um, and it's it's changed quite a bit. So the bearer uh, has the following ability: Bestial Charge Aura. So while friendly uh, Space Wolves core unit is within six inches of the bearer, you can reroll charges made for that unit. Um, and then once per battle at the start of the fight phase, uh, the bearer. Can evoke the spirits of the Wolfen. If it does, select one friendly Space Wolves unit, no core restriction, within six inches of the bearer uh, that has Savage Fury. Until the end of that phase, each time a model in that unit makes an attack, the additional hit scored from Savage Fury is um, achieved on a five plus instead of only on a six. So really strong. Um, no restriction on what it can be put on as long as that uh, unit has Savage Fury. So, you know, Ragnar Light, for example, could use it. Yes. Um, yep. Uh, I think it's great on anything with just bulk attacks uh, that you and you really need something dead. And then the reroll charges is amazing. Yeah, I think this is a fan freaking tastic thing. Um, you can also combo this early with the one CP strike to put you into assault doctrine. So turn one or turn two, mm-hmm. you can just turn turn on the power when you need it to. And then, um, yeah, I just think this is actually crazy good. Uh, it, it it could it would just it would be almost an it would be an auto take if it just had the real charges aura for space wars right yeah definitely. and then you just like on top of that this one turn you are an absolute berserker yeah enjoy <laughs> you know it's it's so good it's phenomenal um, the next next one is fireheart this one replaces a plasma pistol only and uh, performing profile range eighteen pistol one strength nine minus four da- flat damage three it's cute you're never gonna take it no. <laughs> Never gonna take it. It's cute though. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, but there's no overcharge. There's no overheat. There's no over, over. There's no nothing. It's just that one one shot profile. You can't do anything else. Cool. Cool. Next one is Black yeah. Death. Um, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Just moved on. Now after a moment, right, go, keep uh, going. Man. Model equipped with a master uh, crafted parax or parax only. This relic replaces um, that parax and has the following profile. It's Plus two strength, neg one, uh, sorry, neg two AP, one damage. And each time the bearer fights, it makes D6 additional attacks with this weapon. Uh, it lives in the same hole that Fireheart does, I'm afraid. Yeah, I feel like if you wanted this, you'd just take Lightning Claws and you'd just, you're just better than this already. Yeah. You just get rerolls to wound is better than additional attacks at essentially the same, the same kind of strength bracket. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, cool. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> Mountain Breaker Helm. 
After making close combat attacks with the bearer before they consolidate, you can select one enemy unit within one of the bearer and roll a d6. On a 2+, plus, they suffer d3 mortal wounds. Uh, I don't care about this either. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, look, it sounds cool, right? But then you look at the other side of the page, you've got Armor of Rust and Wolfenstone looking at you, and you're like, yeah, nah. Nah. Yeah, nah. All um, right, next one. Next man. one, the Storm's Eye. Librarian model only. Uh, once per turn in psychic phase, after resolving the effects of a psychic power from the Tempestus Discipline, that was successfully manifested by the bearer, roll 1d6 for each enemy unit within 12 inches of the bearer on a 4+, plus. that enemy suffers one mortal wound. Yep. Hmm. Are they trying to make these bad? Oh, I don't know. Let's just go to the They're next one. Trying it's to actually kind of bad. okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Pelt of the Beowulf. Each time melee attack is made against the bearer, subtract one for me attack's hit roll and wound roll. The minus one to wow, minus one to wound. That is pretty, pretty good, especially when you're talking about some things that are going to have toughness five. Uh, yeah, I like that a lot. So Jeez, that's pretty cool. Chuck that on with resolve of the bear, like I was saying, and they can't re roll their wound roll as well. They neg one to hit, and they can't re roll their damage on that character if it's that, like a mod. That is the, that is the Salamander shutdown combination right there. Uh, yeah, that's really good. I like this one a lot. It's nice. It's not bad. Um, wow, the, uh, the difference between the, uh, the good ones and the not good ones could not be more stark. No. I'm sorry, but I think Armored Rice and Wolfenstone. So Wolfenstone's the best one. Yeah. Wolfenstone is in freaking credible. You cannot, I don't think you can make a Space Wolves army that the Wolfenstone is not per, is not great in, you know? Yeah. Well, you should. And if you did, uh, you made a bad list. Yeah, just play something else. <laughs> play, play Raven Guard or whatever. Um, but uh, Armored Rice. Always going to be good. Yeah. And man, Pelt of the Beowulf, you can build a character to have that. And he, my God, he's a fridge. Yeah. I don't know if people remember the fridge. The fridge used to be Lysander from Imperial Fist. We used to call him the fridge because he had the two plus, three plus, and internal warrior. And he was just like four or five wounds, but no one else had that many wounds on a, on a captain back in the day. And we used to call him the fridge. You can make a Space Wolves fridge. And I like it a lot. Um, Jumping up, we're onto the special issue war gear. A couple of these we can um, encapsulate pretty easily. So adamantite mantle, and artificer armor, mastercrafted weapon, and digital weapons are all exactly the same as you would find in pretty much any other supplement. There's nothing new to add there. Um, but if you want to jump over and touch on uh, Morkai's teeth bolts, yeah, Morkai's teeth please bolts, do. Um, same as essentially from Saga the Beast. Um, this uh, relic select one bolt weapon that the model is equipped with, and when that model is chosen to shoot with, you can choose for that weapon to fire a uh, Morkai's Teeth Bolt. Uh, if you do, you only make one attack with the weapon. If it scores a hit, the target is uh, marked by Morkai until the end of the turn, and the attack sequence ends. Each time an attack is made against a unit that is marked by Morkai, re-roll the wound roll of one. Um, huh. It's just apply- it's, a- it's basically just applying a Lieutenant Debuff to um, a unit, it's it's useful, but again, it's it's fighting for uh, some really other good relic spots. So it's tough. You can chuck you can chuck that on a um, on a sergeant though, right? You can. So that there is some. So you could, for one yeah. CP, you could chuck a, it on. So theoretically, you could put it on a blister skill two plus uh, eliminator sergeant. One hundred percent correct. Yes. Okay. So where this is cute. Um, because uh, and GW has made this mistake for quite a while. This doesn't say anything about it being limited to space wolves. Yeah, it says each time an attack is made against that unit. So you can use this to help out Imperial Knights. You can use this to help out Imperial Guard. You can use this to be a nice slot in plug in to help X other faction, which I like quite a lot. Um, 
Mm. But that's the only application. Like this, this isn't that good in a space force army. You, you, when you're punching them, you don't need reroll ones that to, to wound that badly. Like you can take an, just either a density of tax that is not relevant, or you can just take lightning claws and get the same benefit anyway. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know how I feel about this one. It's situational. Like mm. again, I think the application you said with the eliminators is good to be able to to apply it. But with the plus one to wound strat now as well. I think it loses a bit of value. Yeah. Not that ones would ever yeah. be a good thing to roll, um, but um, I don't know. I, I feel like I incorporate battle leaders into my list um, and apply them where I need them. It's, yep. again, again, with Wolfenstone, Armor of Rust, things like that floating around, it's like, and especially the, when we get to it, Frost Weapon, I think, again, that special issue of War Gear is probably the strongest one. All right, well, let's go. Let's hop to it. I'll give you Wolf Tail Talisman, and you can grab Frost Weapons. So the Talisman, in the sucky phase, each time a model in the Bearer's unit would lose a wound as a result of Immortal Wound, roll a d6 on a 4+, plus. that wound is not lost. So you're just, you're just good at tanking Immortal Wounds if you take this. I mean, I don't think there's enough Immortal Wounds going around that, that, that are directional anymore. I don't think that we're not going to see the density of smites that would entail this thing having value. So pretty much good to move on. Yep. Um, so Frost Weapon. So this one I really like. Uh, it's when you give... Uh, when you give a model this relic, select one of the following weapons that that model's equipped with. So Lightning Claw, uh, Mastercrafted Power Axe, Mastercrafted Power Sword, Power Axe, uh, or Power Sword. Uh, add one to the strength and damage characteristic of that weapon. And if the model is equipped with mm. two Lightning Claws, you improve the characteristic of both weapons. That weapon or weapons um, is considered to be a chapter relic. So I love this for dual Lightning Claws. I think it is phenomenal. Wow, yeah. Um, and uh, my favorite application straight off the bat is like uh, Wolf Lord on a Thunder Wolf Cav, Chew Lightning Claws, Hello. Like that, that, that. Yeah, man. That's actually big. Because what he'd be, is it already strength five or is it, would you go to strength five? Um, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I, believe, I believe you're strength four, toughness five. Yeah, strength four. Uh, so again, uh, it's strength, yeah, strength five. Four, uh, strength five, that, like rend two, damage two, reroll to wound. Sexy. Yeah. Very sexy. And then. Like that particular, and this is probably going a little bit off topic, but if you apply like a, like even the two warlord traits as well, so you give him like Imperium Sword, um, you know, then he's adding one, two strength and attack characteristics again. Uh, yeah. So you can just beef this. This guy becomes a, a really, really great platform to just lay on every buff you can imagine. Um, and the sky's the limit. Which we'll, we'll actually, that'll be a good little um, thing we can go to, into in part two. Yeah. What is the the upper ceiling on what you can do with that guy because I think he's 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 an elevator. He's the elevator from really Wonka. <laughs> just go in and you just pop out the ceiling and just start flying around. Anyway, last one of these runic weapon librarian model only. Add one to the night the witch tests taken for the bearer. When you give a model this relic, select one of the following weapons that model's equipped with: force axe, force stave, force sword. Add one to the strength characteristic of that weapon. This weapon is considered to be a chapter relic. The plus one strength is very uh, forgettable. But the plus one to deny is actually interesting because you could you could you can make a um a master librarian or whatever it is that has a twenty four inch um a psychic hood and then you would have plus two to deny which is actually pretty hard to come by mm. in a lot of places. Um, I mean, if you wanted to, you could couple that with say take a Kalexis, and of course you would you'd be burning your own you'd be hurting yourself by being in that bubble. But if you just wanted to take that as a deny package, essentially you'd have um 
plus four to deny because they'd be minus two. That could be a nice little cute combo if you're playing in a meta where Psychic is just crazy dominant or somewhere, which I don't know what that meta is. I haven't seen it, but, you know, theoretically, it could exist. It could once, you know, Grey Knights and T-Suns get their book. Yeah, same, same Nids and, you know, Orcs yeah. are pretty potent. Orcs are able to get a lot of plus to their Psychic powers, being able to neg four to them, sorry, neg two and then get a plus to cast. That could be pretty sexy. But uh, as for those, yeah, you're absolutely right. Frost Weapon is really, is actually quite exciting, man. Mm. Very good. Um, so it, it says, it says Mastercrafted Power Sword. Wait, a, holy crap! Wait a second. So you could Blade Guard Veteran Sergeant. Yeah, yeah. yeah Mastercrafted yeah, Power Sword. Yeah, yeah. plus plus one strength, flat three da- minus three, flat three damage. Mwah! That is a tasty morsel. A very tasty morsel. Um, put that one in your memory banks, guys. That could be a thing you start seeing somewhere. All right, jumping over to the silliest named. Uh, discipline I've ever heard and apologies to space with lovers out there but Tempestas discipline let's hope it's not the last two letters let's hope it's not us um, but uh, jumping in Living Lightning is the first one uh, Witchfire Living Lightning has a warp charge value of 6 if manifested the closest enemy unit within 18 of, of and visible to this psyker suffers D3 mortal wounds then roll 1D6 on 2 to 4 the closest other enemy unit within 6 of, the, of and visible to that unit suffers 1 mortal wound on a 5 plus that unit suffers D3 mortal wounds so it's a cute smite it's a cute smite I mean the same restrictions as a smite you need to be able to see him need a, it, a, and it's a cast on 1 more than a smite but it has the chance to chain and do another D3 mortal wounds I wish this had the same clause as a smite as well that if you cast it extra big it would be extra big mm. it'd be D6 or whatnot. Um, but what are your thoughts anything there um, as you said it's cute I think I I would broadly say going into this discipline set is if you're committing to having a psyker, um, there's with the with these spells, I think there's a you, you you're trading off obviously a bore the witch. Um, so you're taking a list design decision there. And then I think there are some powers in here that are pretty good that uh if you do take them, it's about uh increasing the resilience of your army. I don't think this might or this living lightning or any of the uh, offensive ones really add uh, anything to your toolkit that isn't going to be solved by a power fist to the face. Uh, so, <laughs> no, fair call. Yeah. Jump on that. So, yeah. this is my favorite one, actually. So, Murderous Hurricane. Um, Murderous Hurricane has a warp charge value of six. Uh, if manifested, select one enemy unit within 18 inches of this psycho, no line of sight required. And until the start of your next psychic phase, if that unit is not wholly on or within a terrain feature, they can't perform Overwatch. Uh, And the Mm -hmm. most important part, in the fight phase, that unit is not eligible to fight until after all eligible Space Wolf units from your army have done so. Uh, So it's spell package armor of rust, essentially. And I I, I really like it. Um, If you've gone the way of taking a psycho um i think it's very very powerful especially in those situations where you want to make sure that you are not getting um interrupted uh if you've if you've put um bulk units into something that you just need dead and you're afraid of their swing back yeah i agree i like it a lot warp charge value six isn't bad 18 inches especially if you've got this guy on a jetpack or whatnot is pretty easy to get in on a smaller board and yeah both of those are quite relevant the uh ignoring overwatch especially if you know tower come good or they've got a, a really big meaty unit that can do a hell of a lot of damage um yeah i like it a lot i think it's a good combo yeah mm. all right next one tempest wrath um malediction 
Tempest Wrath has a warp charge value of 6. If manifest is like the one enemy unit within 24 of this Psyker, no line of sight restrictions, um, until the start of your next Psychic phase, each time the model in that unit makes an attack, subtract 1 from the attack's hit roll. So what used to be a aura that used to be out of place on the on the sky and he'd give out an aura of minus one to hit. At least I believe that's correct. Or you know, uh, in years gone by, um, this is now you just pick a pick a target unit within twenty four and they are minus one to hit. Um, not the best, not the worst. Mm. I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about it. Actually, it's it's a bit meh. It, yeah, it's it's okay. It's it's, yeah, it's not it's, ter- okay. it's not terrible. <laughs> Could come up. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> well said. It's, yeah. It's just it's yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll go on to the next yeah. one. So in- Instincts Awoken. Um, it's a blessing. Yeah. Instincts Awoken has a warp charge value of six. If manifested, select one friendly space wolves unit within 18 inches of this psycho. Until the start of your next psyche phase, each time a model in that unit makes an attack, the Assault Doctrine is considered to be active for that attack instead of the currently active Doctrine. If the Assault Doctrine is already active for your army, then on an unmodified rune roll of a six, improve the armor penetration characteristic of that attack by one. This is cumulative with the bonus from Assault Doctrine. Snap. I I quite like that. Mm. It's, it's very interesting. Um, it obviously saves your CP uh, in terms of turning on um assault doctrine for a unit so not bad yep. not bad there the um you know the, the wound roll of six increasing the armor penetration by one yeah i'll take it it's definitely better than paying two cp or whatever it was once a game to get that but i can just cast it every turn no problem that's weird yeah. rules there but um yeah I, I think it's got some play um if you're going down the psycho route yeah I'd, I'd give it a thought i like this a lot on um things like outriders that you know, a unit of three of them is packing what six, twelve, it's nineteen attacks on the charge, and then in assault doctrine, then they're rent three on sixes, um, with ex- a bunch of exploding kits on top. That all of a sudden that becomes like a super duper blender unit that was already a blender unit. So yeah, I, I think it has a bit of applications. I, I, that's a second, my second favorite so far. Um, next one is Stormcrawler. This is a, an aura blessing. Stormcrawler has a warp charge value of six. If manifested until the start of your next psychic phase, whilst their unit within is within six of the psyker, friendly space wolves mon- models receive the benefits of light cover. Sorry, that's the one I was thinking of that was in ages gone by. I said that for Tempest Wrath, but I was incorrect. Sorry. Um, that's the one I was thinking of. You just put out this bubble of um, cover. And I remember people uh, for a couple, a little while did a rhino rush in early days, early mid days of eighth edition, where they'd bum rush all their. Um, their rhinos up, everyone would pop smoke, Stormcaller would go off, and they'd get light cover, have pop smoke, and then you give them another minus one to hit from um, whatever the aura one was that we saw in the stratagem section. So, yeah, there was that cool combo there. Stormcaller still seemed good, though. I love this one. I think this is pretty pretty strong. Uh, I'm thinking, you know, you know, jump pack. They've got this is this going up with a couple blocks of Thunderwolf Carvery. they got the Storm Shields. It's a one-up save. Yeah, it's man. It's pretty strong. One-up saves. Pretty damn strong, actually. That is actually really, really, really potent. Uh, yeah, I love it. I think it's good. And it's only on a six. Only like on a six. This, this, you, it's easy. It, this would be this would be fine on a seven. Like you wouldn't blink twice at a seven. Yeah, hell, Definitely. crazy. All right, last one. Last one is yours. Yep, jaws of the uh, the world wolf. Um, so which fire jaws of the wild uh, world wolf has a warp charge value of seven. Um, if manifested, it's like one enemy unit within eighteen inches uh, and visible to the psyker. Uh, roll 1d6 for each model in the unit, adding one to the result um, if the psychic test was nine or more for each roll of a six plus. Uh, the unit suffers one model wound. So um, it's that anti-horde spell that a lot of different factions yeah. have a variation of. Um, honestly, I don't think I'd be taking it when I'm looking at 
building a list um, with Hurricane and Stormcore would be my two go-tos and then Instinct as a, as a potential. Yeah, I think that's the way to go. I think you are, you you said it perfectly at the start and just to encapsulate that again, if you're taking this, you're taking this to buff and debuff yourself. You don't need any help dealing damage. No, exactly um, right. Spacewolves don't need help dealing damage. They need, they need help surviving to make it to combat. Um Whenever possible. All right. Um, so we're going to take a, a commercial break at this point. I think we're we're about two thirds, probably the way through the content of this book. Um, and so far, it's it's pretty wild ride. A lot of ups, a lot of downs. But we'll we'll rejoin you back in a, a couple of moments. You'll hear from some uh, advertising through the Frontline Gaming Network, and we'll see you on the other side, guys. This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends you new cartridges, so you never have to think about ink. Save up to 50%. You'll pay less than $5 a month for ink and never run out again. Find out if your printer is eligible and enroll today at hpinstantink.com. Conditions apply. For details, visit hp.com slash instantinkspotify. And we are back. Aaron is still here. Ready to jump back in, dude? Yeah, let's do it. fan freaking All right, we have four secondaries, four Space Wolf-branded secondaries. The first of those is a purchase enemy. It is called uh, Glory Kills. If you select this objective, you score victory points as follows. Score two victory points if any character units were destroyed by a Space Wolves unit from your army during this battle round. If no character units were destroyed, but a character unit suffered three or more wounds as a result of an attack made by a Space Wolves unit from your army, score one point instead. Next one. Uh, score three victory points if any monster units were destroyed by a Space Wolves unit from your army during this battle round. If no monsters were destroyed, but a monster suffered three or more wounds, score one instead. A character monster cannot be counted towards both parts of this objective. You must select which one to treat. So, two points if you kill a character, two further points if you kill a monster. I wish it said monster and vehicle, then this might be saucy, but at the moment... Um, I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, if you do pick it, your opponent is going to be a bit of a squeaky bum with their their characters and, and hide them really, really, really hard. But I suppose this could be a counter pick. So, you know, if your opponent did pick something like while we stand, we fight on three characters and you're just all in them, you're getting points and denying theirs on top. But how do you feel about it? Yeah, I've, I, I agree with that analysis. Um, it's in Purge the Enemy, so it'd be replacing Titan Hunter, bring it down. Yep. Cut off the head or assassinate. So uh, it's it'd be very situational that you'd ever pick this one if they have you know ca- juicy character targets and mm-hmm. non-character monsters. Like it's well. See the thing is, yeah, you just said it competes with bring it down, right? Yeah. For every so that that is every monster or vehicle you kill with. Is it, how many wounds? What's the wound clause there? Well, it's or it's, it's under ten it's under, points yeah. over ten. It's, uh, under uh, it's three. Points. Yeah, eleven or more is three points. Yeah. Yeah, so this is the same. Score three victory points. I oh, sorry, I might have said two before, but score three victory points. The monster unit was destroyed. So this is the same. It doesn't work on vehicles though. So that would be obviously when I think of vehicles, you would just take um, the vehicle killing one. But if they've got a bunch of monsters, actually, you know, you know what this is? This is the anti tyranid one. <laughs> no one yeah. else has enough monsters that this is going to be relevant, right? That's true. Yeah, and it does give you the capacity to get five points in a turn. So it's not that is it, yeah true. true. Yeah. I think I think it, it'll have some play, but again, it's going to be one of those things where you go, "Ah, oh, yes, this is the game for it." Also, the other one is Tau. Tau also have a bunch of monsters in the form of Riptides, things of that ilk, and a bunch of characters as well. So 
fair. No, this, there could be some applications to this, but it's not it's not setting my world on fire just yet. Mm. Um, you're right, man. Um, so still within Purge the Enemy, you've got um, Heroic Challenge. So at the start of the first command phase, you must select one Space Wolves character model from your army to issue the challenge, and your opponent must select one character model from their army to accept the cap the challenge if either player does not have a character model they must instead select their warlord so you score five victory points at the end of the battle for each of the following conditions that have been achieved the model that accepted the challenge was destroyed the model that accepted the challenge was destroyed as a result of a melee attack and the model that accepted the challenge was destroyed as a result of a melee attack made by the model that <laughs> issued the challenge oh. ah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's a, I love it. It's it's interesting. It's fluffy as all hell. Yeah, but my god, is that bad? <laughs> it is. It's not. It's not great. Uh, and any any seasoned general is going to go. You know, I'm playing keep away with that character. Have fun. And there's 15 points. Either that, or just get it killed turn one, and just deny them ten. Like deny them five points. Like charge it into something that's not going to give. Like if it, just like, so you can wait until you can wait. Yeah. Well, they're not going to shoot. That's it, true because. Yeah, yeah, if it can be shot, it can be charged. Essentially, if you're, if you're just playing in space walls, but um, like you just wait until the end of the game and be like, you know what? If you get 15 points of this, if you kill this guy on your terms at the end of the game, you're gonna get 15. But if I charge him into this thundercab unit, he's auto dead, and you only get 10, and that means I'm gonna win by five points or whatever. Um, it's too much agency to your opponent, but God, it's funny. It's it's when you pick it, it and it comes off, you're gonna feel like an absolute legend. I mean, I'd be picking the first character that's got a plasma pistol. Or I'd be picking, picking <laughs> a, a weird boy that would blow himself up. Yeah. yeah, you get it. So that's right. That's sick. Uh, but um, where this is the best thing in the world is against knights. Yeah, they pick a knight, and you're gonna be like, ah, which one of your knights? Which one? Pick one. I'm gonna ruffle stop the absolute ungodliness out of that guy. Uh, but yeah. Next one, no mercy. This is in no mercy, no mercy, no respite, and this is called a Mardi Saga. Um, if you select this objective, you score two victory points at the end of each battle round for each of the following achieve, following achieved by your space wolves warlord for a maximum of five victory points. So you can only score five per turn um, per, per battle round. Um, the first dot point: an enemy monster or vehicle unit loses any wounds as a result of a melee attack made by this warlord. Next one: an enemy monster or vehicle unit is destroyed as a result of a melee attack by this warlord. An enemy character unit is destroyed by a melee attack by this warlord. Five or more models were destroyed as a result of attacks made by this warlord. And at the start of your command phase, this warlord is within range of an objective marker that is wholly within your opponent's deployment zone. That last one is pretty damn hard to do. But the other ones are kind of cute. I still... No, I don't like it. I don't, I don't like it either. I've decided. Yeah, because... I mean, I could see four points in a turn pretty possible by yep. going into like a chaff unit and getting yep. the model kill. Is it the, is there a model? Uh, oh, five. No, it's a yeah. monster. See, yeah, monster character or five or more. It's so bad. Just overall bad. Mm, I can't see how you're ever going to get – I mean, the only way you're ever going to get four points is if you kill a vehicle. Yeah. Because then it would lose wounds – a monster or a vehicle, because then it would lose wounds and be destroyed. Apart from that – Unless that guy, unless you kill a character or kill five models that were on an objective, that just happened to be on an objective, you're not going to. It's really hard to get more than two points per turn out of this. But you can pretty, you can get pretty reliably get two points. One of these, some of these characters we talk about, the Thunderwolf guy with the lightning claws, he's going to kill five guys. He'll he'll kill five guardsmen like by farting, you know. Um, but apart from that, like I mean, how do you how do you get more than ten points? Is how, what I'm trying to say. And on top of that, 
it's very easy for your opponent to stop you getting points in this turn one. Mm. And as in a lot of ways, turn possibly turn two as well, which means the maximum you're going to get is 12. Um, oh, sorry, sorry, your maximum you're going to get, you can still get 15, but my God, my God, is it hard? Yeah. I mean, I don't know any way that you can possibly get five points. I mean, so you have to kill a character and, and four other models that were on an objective, essentially to get five points out of this. Yeah, um, I think we went way too deep into that one for something that is never going to be taken, <laughs> especially considering in, within enough. the same category, uh, we have this next one called Warrior Pride, which is just bonkers. So score three victory points at the end of your turn if two or more Space Wolves units from your army are within the engagement range of an enemy unit or have completed a charge move this turn. Thank you. I'm going to the bank. Cool. Um, that is that is like the easiest 12 points you're ever going to make, and you can easily get 15 on yeah, that. Yeah, go second, go for 15, no problem, or take first turn and you're looking at 12 points, probably no problem. Like Pretty safe 12. Um, yeah, that, that's exactly right. Why would, <laughs> and thank you for the segue. That was a beautiful segue. Um, you're welcome back on the show anytime, <laughs> pulling my head out of my ass. But, uh, yeah, this, this is really good. This is really, really, really good. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I can't see any. Crap. I can't see any way you don't score nine points a game at least with this one, unless yeah. something has gone horrendously wrong, and you've probably lost that game already. So if you, if yeah, if yeah, yeah, absolutely right. If this is a, if I just play my army, I'll get like twelve points. If I just play my army, yeah, exactly <laughs> right. And yeah. on on autopilot, you get twelve points. Yeah, I love it. Actually, that's phenomenal. The other three, ah, uh, totally forgettable. I can't even remember what the other get three. Get them out of here. That one's that one's insane. Get him out of here. Never heard of him. All right, uh, we're jumping. We're jumping up over a bit. We're going to jump over all the crusade rules. Um, one day maybe I'll do the crusade rules. But uh, this we're jumping to um, page sixty-one. This one has the abilities on it, which we've already read. We read out Berserker Charge and Headstrong at the start of this review, when it was associated on another page. Annoying that they made reference of these rules twenty pages before this. Um, that always frustrates me. The layout of these things still frustrates me. But so we've, we've mentioned Berserker Charge, mentioned Headstrong. I'll tell you about Swift Hunters now, which is the, the third of these special rules. This one is, um, this unit is eligible to declare a charge even if it advances this turn. In addition, each time this unit makes a piling move or a consolidation move, it moves an additional one inch. So in this case, it would be uh, most likely four inches on both of those. Of course, you can use some jank to get plus one on those from uh, some, so plus to those on some other things. But a lot of those things come with restrictions themselves. But Swift Hunters is a freaking game changer for Space Wolves, isn't it's it? amazing. It's basically taking the ability that Wolfen had last edition and giving it to a bunch of units that really deserve it. Mm, Given it end mass. Now, I think I think that is one of the biggest, and I think that's probably the best thing that Space Wolves got in this codex um, as like a blanket buff. Uh, apart from that, I can't think of another blanket buff that they got that I, I really mm. even noticed. Uh, apart from the heroic three inches for everyone, like of course, um, yeah. I think yeah, that's very relevant. That and this are uh, the biggest, um, I guess, winning abilities. So we are up to the data sheets now. <laughs> I was writing down the run sheet for this, and uh, you're writing down all the all the things that they've got. They've got very few actual units in these. The overwhelming majority of this is special characters. Like they've got so many freaking special characters. They've got more special characters than like Necrons and. Uh, orcs put together, you know, 
Just just yeah. for Space Wars. It's actually crazy. Um, but anyway, the first one up is the big, is big gray beard is Santa Claus himself, Logan Grimnar. He has two data sheets, one of these on the, the Santa Slay, one on Santa Slay. We're going to talk about the one on Santa Slay because you get everything that's on the other one already anyway. Um, and this one will run you 180 points for the Slay and 155 for Logan on foot. Now, when you look at the, what you get for those 25 points, I think there's an easy choice to be made here. But okay, he starts off... Uh, movement 10, weapon skill Basil 2 plus, as you'd expect. Strength 4, toughness 6, 14 wounds, 5 attacks, leadership 9, and a 2 plus save. He's equipped with a Storm Bolter, meh, uh, and the Axe of Morkai, um, which has two profiles. The one handed profile here is strength plus 2, minus 3, 1 damage, and he can make two hit rolls with this instead of one. So on the charge with Shock Assault, he'll make 12 attacks with this weapon, hitting on twos at strength six, minus three, one damage. Not too shabby. And the two-handed profile is strength times two, minus three, three damage. So that'd be strength eight, minus uh, three, three damage. So in, in, in all the sense of purposes, a better rend Thunderhammer without the negative one to hit. And then lastly, uh, on for the attacks characteristics, he has Fury of Teeth and Claws, because naturally his Santa Slayer is being pulled by a couple of big old wolfies. These are plus one strength, minus one, one damage, sorry, minus two, apologies, one damage. And each time he fights, he can make six additional attacks with this weapon. So he can he can do a total of 18 attacks, should he choose to. Now, on his um, data sheet, the special rules, of course, Angel of Death and Swift Swift Hunters. This guy gets to advance and charge. He has the Belt of Rush for a 4-plus invulnerable save. High King of Fenris, if this model is your warlord, it is always treated as having completed his deed associated with his warlord trait. He has a set warlord trait. We'll jump to that in a moment. Yeah. He has Chapter Master because he is a chapter master. And then he has rights of battle. Uh, when a friendly space unit is in quality within six, they get real ones to hit. What did you say his uh, wall trait was? It's the fearless bubble aura that's always activated. And uh, Yay, the worst one. And the, the plus three inches <laughs> to his auras as well. That's not bad, because he is on a quite a big base being on Santa's sleigh. So plus three inch auras to the real ones and the um, and his fearless and... Um, the chapter master buff. Not too shabby, actually. But what are your thoughts here? For 185, 80 points, seems pretty good. Look, I, I actually think he's got some play. Um, not going to lie. Yeah. I, I, I've, even, I've even got the model. I, it's not built yet, yep. but it will be because I actually want to try <laughs> this bad boy out. Um, he, he lost the vehicle keyword, so he's got a new keyword chariot, which has no interaction yep. with any rule in the game. But it's not vehicle. <laughs> so it takes out some of the vehicle yep. killing abilities that uh, is rife throughout the game. Um, obviously, being at 14 wounds, he uh, can just be targeted. But, you know, with, with tables being played the way they should be, you should be able to position him in such a way that I would say you should be able to hide him turn one. Well, he's got quite a low profile, doesn't he? He's not, he's not really that tall. He's not super tall. So you. Hmm. Yeah, you should be able to hide him and find quite a few things. And of course, he's under 18 wins, so it can be obscured. Yeah. And he would be like the thing you want to keep obscured more than anything else in your army. Toughness 6, 14 wounds, a 2 plus armor save, if I didn't mention that before, along with a 4 plus um, invuln. He's not easy to kill. No. And look, if he dies, he dies. But at the same time, if you're, <laughs> if you're taking him with, you know, blocks of Thunderwolf Cav and you're going up the board, people are going to have to make and potentially overcommit on killing him. And then if they do that, congrats, you've now got blocks of Thunderwolf Cave hurting you. Like it's he's he's a bit of a sponge. Um is it better than a Thunderwolf uh Lord on a mount? I don't know. Yeah, well, we'll we'll, we'll do the compa- comparison when we get to that guy and we'll compare their points. But I mean the, the the biggest thing here is that the difference between their points costs. 155 for him on foot with a, a great old movement of five or 108, 25 more points for 
double the wounds, um, two more toughness, all his extra attacks from the the wolves, the movement ten, the the uh, the advance and charge. I just think it's a bargain. It's a twenty absolute twenty five point bargain. If you if you were considering taking Logan, you just take him on the sleigh now. I think. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's, there's much of a question there. I mean, you don't want to play. You don't want to play Logan on foot. He's too slow. He's too slow to keep up. You'd have to put him in reserve. But then you're not getting any benefits from his uh, all of his auras and goodness. Now the question here for you is: Is he a warlord? No, he's not a warlord. Um, the his warlord trait is meh, as we discussed. Um, yeah. The yep. be, the benefit of having the deed always on the the fearless bubble. I don't, I don't see the value compared to some of the other combos you can do. Um, and being that he is targetable, I mean, there is the potential that you come up in a matchup where someone can actually take, <laughs> cut off the head, and maybe make it happen. You're on, you're on, planet, bowling, you're on planet bowling ball, and they're just like, ah, oh, sick, eradicators. <laughs> yeah. In you go. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually impressed. This has been one of those models that, since it came out, has been an absolute joke. And I'm very happy to say he has now got a lease on life and you might actually see him on the table because I, I love him. I think the model is hilarious. Logan himself, the actual Logan model, looks sick. Mm. Take him off the slate, he looks incredible. Um, on the slate, it's comical, but it's, it's, it's pretty cool anyway. Um, all right, do you want to tell us about Najal? Najal Stormcaller. So he is 140 points. Uh, and you get a movement of five because Terminator armor, weapon skill, ballistic skill of two, strength four, T4, six wounds, three attacks, leadership nine with two up save. Um, it's got his bolt pistol. He has his, he has Nightwing, um, which is salt three, strength three, no AP, one damage, uh, and Staff of the Storm Core, which is plus three um, strength, so taking up to strength seven, neg two, D3 damage. Nothing amazing there. Um he does get plus one to psychic tests taken, um, which is amazing. He gets stuff the Stormclaw, which you can reroll deny the witch test taken for this model. He's a five up invo, um, and he's got his psychic hood. So he gets to cast two psychic powers in the psychic phase and deny two psychic powers. Um, I think he because he know he, he knows smite and three powers from the tempest mm. i think that's pretty cool in the sense that there are only three powers that i would normally be taking anyway and that optional situational yep. one is there however is the slow movement of him um, is a potential issue but mitigated the through the the spells that you want to get off um, have a good casting range. However, he wouldn't be able to keep up with the Thunderwolf to keep them with their cover save. He's the he's a he's a good for everything except Storm's Wrath or whatever it is. Is that what it's called? Um, Stormcaller. He's, yeah. he, everything else he's great at. The plus one to the the rerolling deny is actually sick. The plus one to cast is sick. Um, but man, he just can't keep up to give the relevant stuff. Stormcaller, and that's kind of the only way he falls down. Apart from that, he'd be amazing if he had a jump pack instead of Terminator. Armor, this guy would be an auto take. Yeah, I mean, if you've got a strong midfield game um, and you can get your wolves up the board, hiding somewhere, turn two, and deep strike him in to give the buffs potential, but. Again, the, yep. the wolves are always on the move, so I feel like the mm. movement, his movement restrictions kind of take him out of the equation a little bit. I agree. Um, moving on, this is to bad old Bjorn, the old man of the, the old man of the the frost. I don't know. I was going to say the old man of the desert, but Fenris is <laughs> oh Fenris is desert. It's an Arctic's can be yeah. desert. Um, all right, 
he comes in at a nice 175 points. He and for that you get movement six, weapon skill, skill two plus, strength seven, toughness eight, eight wounds, five attacks, leadership nine, three plus save. He's equipped with it comes equipped with a assault cannon, a heavy flamer, and a true claw. And he can only be one of him. And of course, you can replace the assault cannon with a heavy plasma cannon, hellfrost cannon, multi melter, or twin las cannon. And everyone knows what those are. So I'm just going to read out what the true claw is. It is a melee weapon, strength plus five, taking up to strength 12, minus four d6 damage, and you get to reroll the wound roll. Uh, his uh, special rules he has duty eternal, so he's minus one damage. He has legendary tenacity, which is essentially, to all intents and purposes, a five plus feel no pain. So giving him essentially an effective kind of a, a, a 10 to 11 wounds. Um, rather than eight. And then, of course, he has uh, Rights of Battle, real ones for core units in six inches, and he explodes on a six in three inches, suffer one mortal wound. Um, he's not as, I don't feel like he's impressive as he was before. I think before he gave another buff in addition to all this. I just can't remember what it was. Um, but I, I do like he's got Duty Eternal. Um, the thing is, though, he's like he's the same points as a Redemptor, uh, but he's not actually as good as a Redemptor in combat, which is uh, kind of bothering. Not, the fact that he does hit on twos and he's got uh, he'll have six attacks on the charge rather than their five, but they've got the same strength, but they're D3 plus three damage in combat, which I think is just plain better. Yeah. I, I, so admittedly, he can't be targeted. He's a character yeah. with under 10 wounds. So it's a very, it is a very safe, like, multi-melt or very safe twin Laz cannon you're going to be taking. Because I think those are the options. Like, you, you wouldn't take just a plain assault cannon, would you? No. I, I think there, there's maybe... Uh, yeah, it's really going to be the twin Laz cannon, or maybe the plasma cannon. I don't know. It's mm. he got like he's got the character protection, but again, like the, the points, he's expensive. One hundred seventy five. He, he's pricey, and he's only moving six. He is slow. He got for a, for, you want, want a fa- you want a fast? Uh, he was eight. Wasn't yeah, he? he was eight. Yeah, yeah. He, he lost two inches of movement. Um, he stayed around the same in the points, but look, yeah, I can't get excited for him at the moment. I just, I just feel like he's uh, a bit unwieldy, a bit hard to get you where you want him. Because you want him to be like charging turn two, and then you know sitting behind on the on a midboard objective with you know leveraging his toughness eight and his five feel no pain to just you know soak up whatever they might want to throw at him. Uh, because you know you can't throw a killy character into this guy and expect to kill him anymore. Back in the back in the day, you would be able to fighting twice. You would reliably put this guy down. But like um you know a blood angel smash captain's not going to kill Bjorn anymore. No. But uh, anyway, moving on. You want to grab the next one? Sure. And this one, oh, th- this is going to trigger me a little bit. Arjack Rockfield. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So he he yep. he got a little bit cheaper. He's 120 points now, or maybe he went up five points. I think he went up five from 115. Um, but he's moving five. He's in Terminator. So weapon skill, ballistic skill two, uh, strength five, uh, T four, five wounds, four attacks, leadership eight, two up armor because Terminator. Um, so foe hammer uh, in shooting form is. Still assault one, strength times two, negative three, three damage. Um, and each time an attack uh, made with this weapon is allocated to a character or monster, add one to the damage, so it becomes a um, four damage thunder hammer throw. Uh, and then uh, foe hammer and melee um, becomes strength 10, negative three, three damage, and same deal, add one damage to a character or monster. So the damage output he's got is good. Um, he's got... Champion of the Kingsguard, so each time a, a model uh, makes a melee attack against a character unit, you can reroll the hit roll, um, which is cool. Uh, and then he's got his Tactical Precision Aura, which is the friendly um, Space Force core units get reroll wounds of one, and he keeps his three-up inverse save. 
So he loses his nice. He loses his reduced damage by one ability um, from last. Moment. Wait a second! Didn't this, didn't this guy have a plus one attack aura? Yeah. So he used to have. Oh. So Wolfguard models used to get plus one attack. Uh, so Wolfguard units, yeah, would get plus one attack. He lost that, and I was, and I was so excited to run him with Bladeguard because Bladeguard were gaining the Wolfguard keyword. That's probably yeah. something we haven't called out enough. But this is a perfect time too. The most disappointing thing about this book is the fact that Wolfguard, the keyword, literally means nothing except for that one interaction with um, Headstrong. That's it. Yeah. You think about what Inner Circle gave. You think about what, what Jink and Ravenwing gave yep. for Dark Angels. And, man, Wolfguard f- fell flat on its face. It, it, it makes no sense. They, 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 there's a big song yeah. about giving Bladeguard Wolfguard keyword, but it literally adds yep. nothing. It, it, it's literally just words wow. on a pa- piece of paper. Like That is frustrating. So what's the point of bringing Arjak? He just seems like an expensive battle guard, ba- Wolfguard battle leader that isn't on a Thunderwolf. Yep. He's got a three-up invo, and he, he hurts characters and monsters really bad and moves at the pace of an old man. So I, I actually don't know. <laughs> without, without the I don't know attacks, either. I'm at a loss because I, I was yeah. pumped to play him, and here we are. Well, he's sick. He's actually sick. Sick model, sick rules, sick fluff. I just don't know if he makes sense in the army anymore. No. Um, but maybe maybe there's some, maybe there's some archetypes we're not seeing that we'll, we'll talk about. We'll mm. um, discuss in part two because look, there are a lot of stuff that le- leaning towards a slow methodical list here. So we'll see if we can actually build one. Um, next one up is Ulrich the Slayer. Still love his model. I'm surprised he didn't get a Primaris model. He just seemed like the, the, this model came out right before we started getting Primaris Marines. It would have been a perfect time. But the model's still sick. That 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 helmet is one of the coolest helmets they've ever done. But anyway, uh, how many how many points is this guy coming in at? He is 110. He is weapon skill two plus, but skill two plus, movement six, if I didn't say before. Strength and toughness four, five wounds, four attacks, leadership nine, three plus save. He comes with plasma pistol, as you'd expect, and artifice acrosius, which is just acrosius that isn't has an extra rend, so strength plus two, minus two, two damage. He has the special rules wolf helm of Russ. When a friendly space rules coordinate within nine of this model, they can use their leadership. All chappies have that. Then he has Slayer's Oath. If an enemy character or monster model is destroyed by an attack made by this model, then until the end of the battle, do not roll to see if litanies recited by this model are inspiring. They are automatically passed. He also has a 4-plus invulnerable save. This model knows a litany of hate and two other litanies from litanies of battle. In your command phase, this model is on the battlefield. It can recite two litanies it knows that have not already been recited. I think he's actually quite nice. He's he's not bad. Hmm. He's not bad. If yeah, he's actually not bad. I mean, once again, he's a non-mounted model, so he go, is going against what you think is the, the best core of this army. But uh, the rules are good. Two, two litanies, so he's a master of sanctity without having to spend it. He's 110 points, not overly expensive for two, a, a double litany. Um, he's decently hard to kill, you know, five wounds, four plus involved. But um, the character on monster kill, that's pretty cool if you can get it off. That's actually really cool if you can get it off. Problem is, though, as soon as your opponent knows that's a thing, they won't get you. Let you get it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they will not let you get it at all. The the other dis- the the one disappointing thing I will say about him is this plasma pistol. I was really hoping when I saw that the um like the Dark Angels Index where um supercharged plasma no no longer was killing characters on their data sheets. Um, I thought that that might translate and become a thing where named characters can't blow themselves oh, up. But here we are. That's Azrael and Sam. Azrael and Sam. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they've got like mastercrafted plasma, whatever's now. But yeah, he's just got a standard plasma pistol. He'll still die, kill himself on a one. Which um, yeah, they just pain the ass. Hmm. 
Fair. I still think he's good. I, th- I think in a lot of lists, you, he will get his he will get his mileage, he, even if he's just standing there with like um a little bit of backfield yeah. stuff, giving him two litanies a turn is not bad for 110 points. No, no, and yeah, the two litanies is 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 money at that price point. All right, next one, young the young king, uh, jump in. Uh, we've got the baddest man in 40k, um, Ragnar Blackman. <laughs> he's still amazing. Um, so he's movement six, weapon skill, ballistic skill two, strength four, T4, six wounds, seven attacks, leadership nine, three up save. So um, Frost, Frostfang's the ticket here. So uh, plus two strength, neg four, two damage. So he becomes uh, strength six um, with seven attacks. Uh, on the charge, um, he gets an additional three attacks through Berserker Rage instead of one. So 10 attacks on the charge. He has wow. the Warhowl uh, aura. Um, so Space Wolf's core units within six gets reroll charges. Um, notably here, he loses the ability ability to self-reroll his charges um, because of the core change. Rights of battle. Um, so Space Wolf's core units within six get reroll hit rolls of one. Battle lust. Um, Space Wolf's core units within six. Uh, each time the unit makes a consolidation move, models in that unit can move an additional three inches. Again, he loses that, um, and he's got a four-up armor so, uh, inverse save. So he's still amazing. So he he has stayed the same, except for the fundamental fundamental changes in the addition, right? Except for the core rules, he's exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. So he he is. Um, he loses, I guess, what some of the things that probably just pushed him over the edge. So without having touch of the wild mm-hmm. stratagem for his force to explode and and rerolling his own charges and rerolling his own ones to hit and things like that, he he loses, I guess, some of the absurdity that he could output. But for uh, 130 points, he is point for point, <laughs> like just money. You need like a, a big unit cleared. He, he is your man. He, he will go in there and he yeah. will kill almost anything you put your mind to. I think he's phenomenal. 130 points. Uh, he's amazing. Um, 10 attacks. Crazy. And he's so, so many ways to buff him. Like you can give him plus one to wound for one CP and he will just, he, you can do that. Yeah. Because yep. any space will, exactly. um, and he will just, he'll kill anything you want. And put the wolf in short, of, short of toughness eight. Mm. Yeah. Short of toughness eight. He's going to kill it pretty much. Yeah. Um, I think he's amazing. And he is your space marine solution. You want to talk about the Emperor's Executioners? This guy, strength plus two, minus four, two damage. Uh, how many intercessors does this guy kill a turn? I mean, the answer is all of them. Like, you know, he's <laughs> really good. Uh, really, really, really good. I don't think there's much more to say no, there. No. Uh, next boy is uh, the Ranger himself, Chrome Dragon Graze. Um, movement six, web skill plus skill two plus, strength of toughness four, five wounds, five attacks, leadership nine, three plus save. He has a bolt pistol and worm claw, which is uh, merely strength plus three, minus two, two damage. So that'll put him to strength seven. He has uh, rights of battle, real one Sora, cool. Belt of rust, cool. And then the fierce eye aura. When an enemy unit is within three of this model, subtract one from combat attrition tests uh, taken for that model. So they are, you know, they're always fail on one or two or if they take if they blow half health they'll fail on a one two and three that can be pretty clutch how many points is this bad boy he is a hundred it is a hundred points square look i don't think you're gonna see him much the model is cool the rules are actually not too bad but um yeah i just can't say it he's not actually that killy though is he i mean six attacks at strength seven minus two two damage it's not bad by any stretch no i, I wouldn't i wouldn't want to be charged by it I, but you know um again he's, he's a little bit slow um yeah, he. I think we've got a lot of choice of characters. Um, I think so, well. and not enough. And he's, just, he's just 
Yeah, he, he's got so many choice of characters, and he's just not at the same level as a Ragnar because he's competing for a slot with a Ragnar. Okay. A a he's got the same reroll reroll auras. Yeah. Um, but he has a what? He has a a combat a morale aura instead of just killing more aura, you know, or charging better aura, piling in aura. Ragnar just beats him for thirty points more. You just get so much more goodness, so much more space wolf. Um, Harold Deathwolf is our next one, dude. Yep. Um, so here we've got uh, Harold. He's mounted on a Thunderwolf. Um, he's movement ten, weapon skill and ballistic skill two, strength four, T five, seven wounds, five attacks, leadership nine, with three up armor save. He comes equipped with um, Glacius, um, which is a power axe, uh, which is strength plus two, neg two, AP two damage. And each time an attack is made with this weapon, an unmodified rune roll of six inflicts one mortal wound on the target in addition to any normal damage. His mount also attacks with crushing teeth and claws, uh, which is the standard plus one strength, neg two, one damage, and makes three attacks with that. Um, he's also equipped with a storm shield. So he's essentially got a four up in Vaughn uh, with a two up save. Um, he's got swift hunters. So he can advance and charge. He also comes stock without flank, um, which is uh, pretty handy. Um, and he's one of the few characters that still do does and one of the few um, Space Wolf units that has outflank built in. Um, he's got Lord of the Wolfkin, so um, cavalry and beast units within six uh, use his leadership um, instead of their own. Uh, and then he's got the standard Space Wolves core units within six uh, reroll hit rolls of one, so the Captain Aura. And then he's got Mantle the Troll King, which Arjak used to have, which is each time an attack is allocated to this model, subtract one from the damage characteristic of that attack to a minimum of one. He's Wow, he's, he's tough as five, seven wounds, with essentially a two plus, four plus, and minus one damage. He's a hard boy to shift. He, has, he is a good package. Um, th- what I would... Uh, and we can we'll touch on it when we get to the, the Wolf Lord on Thunder Wolf. Um, the only I th- think like his profile's great, his weapons are great, his abilities are, are rock solid. Um, it's just when it comes to warlord traits, because he's a named character, he has a set one. He's got um, a hunter, so he has the best warlord trait essentially um, that he has to take. So it's not a massive downside. It just comes down to his equipment. Like you, you need to be satisfied with a storm shield and his special axe, which isn't terrible, um, but it is what it is. You're exactly right. And if you didn't mention before, he is 140 points. He's not on the cheap side, but I think it's about right for what you get. Yeah, yeah I would say so. All right, we're jumping over to Doggy Dogman himself, which is Canis Wolfborn. Uh, he is also on a Thunderwolf. Sorry, he's movement ten, weapon skill two, bliss skill five for some reason uh strength four toughness five six wounds six attacks leadership eight and a three plus save um he has the crushing teeth and claws because he's on a thunderwolf of course he has canis's wolf claws so dogman's dog claws essentially uh which is strength plus one minus two two damage each time attacking made with this weapon you can re-roll the wound roll so i'm assuming because he's got six attacks over the regular five that you get on the captain it's because they're built in the fact he's got two wolf claws already into his profile rather than just saying it's plus one attack his special rules he has swift hunters as well um, he has honor or death. This model is eligible to form a heroic intervention. It is within six horizontally and five vertically of any enemy units instead of three. Each time the model makes a heroic intervention, slow as so long as it ends that move either close to the enemy model or within engagement range of an enemy character, it can move up to six. All other rules for heroic interventions apply. 
and he is has a wolf born so born of wolves aura so born of dogs aura while a friendly space wolves cavalry or by a beast or chariot unit is within six of this model each time that unit fights that unit fights until that fight is resolved each model in that unit can make one additional attack with its teeth and claws or crushing teeth or an additional two attacks with its fury of flurry of teeth and claws and has a martial superiority at the start of the fight phase this model is within engagement range of any enemy characters it can fight first that phase what does he run you for points wise he runs you a nice 120 points he doesn't have any of the reroll auras so he's not a, he's not a battle leader or a character Sorry, or a captain. Um, I do like his additional attacks on the wolves, though. That does seem pretty saucy. It does seem really good. And I am going to go out on a limb and assume that that rule supersedes the crushing teeth and claws rule that's that specifically says no more than three attacks can be made for this weapon. So, <laughs> no, 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 don't. G-Dub's bad. <laughs> it's clear. It says it right there, Aaron. Uh, it can no, no more than that attacks. I'm sure it yeah, does. It's... <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, no, I think he's a great package. Um, he's got a lot of lot of good things, and it's probably the only thing that gives the chariot keyword some sort of interaction as well. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I actually quite like him. If if you remember that list we said at the start, if you just take a massive mm. Fenrisian wolves, I mean they just die. But I mean if they get there, they're going to do a lot of work. They kill a lot of guardsmen. A bucket, a fun bucket of guys, man. Um, do you want to jump over to our first generic unit? So far, everything we talked about has been a special freaking character, and we aren't done with the special characters. We've got a couple more left, but tell us about the Wolfguard Battle Leader. So we've got Wolfguard Battle Leader and Terminator Armor, uh, Movement 5, uh, Weapon Skill, Ballistic Skill 2, Strength 4, T4, 5 Wounds, 3 Attacks, Leadership 8, 2 Up Armor Save, Come Stock with a um, Stormbolt Power Sword, and, and he can... Take number of different uh, options: chain fist, lightning claws, power axes, power fists, all the, the standard kind of options. Um, it's got his five up inverse save, and he's got uh, um, the reroll one lieutenant aura for core units within six. So, would you ever take this guy over the guy on the on the dog? No, I would not. Uh, we can just talk about the guy on the doggo instead, then, because <laughs> I I. Everything we're going to talk about now, we're going to talk about again when we get to the Wolfguard sure. Battle Thunderwolf. So we'll talk about them together. So the guy in the Terminator, he will run you at 80 points, and the one on the Thundercab will run you at 95. So it's a 15-point different difference between the, I guess, the armor save change. Yeah. And I got, they got the same wounds. Uh, and one more wound for the Thundercab guy. But he gets a movement 10 in exchange for having Deep Strike. So where are you seeing the, the differences there? And why would you why would you take the guy on the dog? Um, well, the book's really pushing... Thunderwolf Cav. Um, the interaction um, is amazing. Uh, it's obviously got Swift Hunter. Um, the Battle Leader is just a generic platform for Warlord traits and other buffs that we can apply to it as well. Um, and being able to keep up with the Thunderwolf Cav um, and be, be able to apply those auras or you know relics and things like that is just just money. The movement. What do you think? Sorry. What do you think is the best generic loadout in in your in your thoughts? Is this a Chainsaw, Storm Shield, is he a Power Fist, a Thunder Hammer, is he a Plasma Pistol, for God's sake? What do you think? Uh, I think for him, it just it depends where you put your Frost Weapon. Like, if you put either on this guy or the Wolf Lord on Thunder Wolf, your, your Frost Double Lightning Claws or something like that, it, 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 depends. it just depends how you want to customize it. 
the optimal loadout is probably something like Storm Shield and either a chain sword so you can put Teeth of Terror on or like a power fist or something like that, depending on where your points fall. Um, it's an yep. amazing beat stick character still. So, yeah. Um, I, 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 no, I agree. I, I, I think that's, that's well yeah. said. Uh, so I jumping over to the Wolf Lord on Thunderwolf. Um, same as same stat line as the one we just went over, um, with the exception of uh, having two. I think it's one more wound. Um, yep. So yep, having one more wound and one more attack. Uh, but apart from that, he's is essentially exactly the same. And but he has a uh, of course he has the Captain's Rights of Battle and a four plus invulnerable save as standard. Um, I'm a big fan of the Wolf Lord. I'm a big fan of this platform. And uh, what does it run you? It runs you 110 points. Uh, for this, for was already starting at essentially a jump pack captain with plus toughness, plus uh, and plus wounds. I think he's phenomenally strong. Yeah, I, I think he's exceptionally good. So you give him I, double lightning claws, it yeah. costs you five points or something. So, well, so a regular captain on a bike uh, costs you a hundred points. So it's a hundred points for a captain on a bike. One hundred and ten for the the. The wolf guard. And so, just to read that out, that so you're getting, really, you get four more inches of movement for the captain on a bike, but you get one less wound. So that's already the the ten points difference is one more wound, and you get all the goodness of the crushing teeth and claws, which is essentially three additional attacks that can be buffed in a lot of other ways. So yeah, ten points. Uh, and I just, I just, oh sorry, oh sorry. And Swift Hunters and yep. Advance and Charge is the difference. So that it's really actually negligible, the, the movement difference, because you're going to be advancing and charging with the guy, this guy. You're going to be advancing every single time you move. So it's always going to be a 10 plus D6 rather than a being a movement 10 model. Um, I think he's one of the best beat stick platforms in the in the Space Marines Codex. Yeah, I think I couldn't – I don't really have anything to add to that apart from I completely agree. Sorry. Like it's, it's just <laughs> um, We'll – We'll plumb the depths of what you can do with that guy in part two. But next one's yours, dude. And next one is our first troops choice. Yep. So we've got blood claws. Um, so you can have between four and 14 blood claws. Um, movement six, weapon skill, and ballistic skill three. Um, so I believe I believe their ballistic skill went up. They used to be four. Yeah, it used to be four. Um, yep. So Correct. strength four, T4, uh, two wounds now, um, one attack, leadership seven. Pack leader, um, all the same except uh, two attacks. Um, and then you have the option to take a, a wolf guard pack leader uh, or a, a wolf guard terminator pack leader. Um, and their profiles just change slightly um, with their movement based on the armor choice. Uh, and their leadership is eight. So, yeah, um, you know, I think, you know, your standard loadouts, there's some good options here to, to put in some special weapons. Um, the two wounds is very good. I'd be looking at something like you know minimum probably five uh, five man squads. Um, just yep. just due to the the really good choices throughout the rest of the book and 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 the cost. Yeah, and they they run you eighteen po- eighteen points each, so the same points as a as a tack marine for all intents and purposes. Yeah. They do come with berserk charge and headstrong um, as standard, which is, I think is one of the only real things that differentiate differentiates them from other. Tactical Marines, and of course, the fact that they are—they are kind of um, assault primary assault Marines light. Yeah. Like they are just a, like a kind of a baby version of that, which doesn't mean they're bad. I do like how customizable they are. You can take a pack leader and um, a wolf guard pack leader as well, so you can have two really customizable 
beat sticks, baby beat sticks in this unit that can just have a bunch of ablative wounds that just have like bolt pistols and chainswords. And so I like that quite a lot. And you can also you could pack two storm shields in this unit if you wanted to, I believe. Yeah, and that 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 gives some good flexibility to it. They are competing with the intercessor, like the assault intercessors, as you say, which also have access to things like you know one CP for a a transhuman and and, and things like that. So there's yeah. Yeah, I think they they kind of almost cancel each other out, and it's just a mm. preference choice almost. Um, I think if you're playing if you're playing Blood Hunters, sorry, uh, Blood Claws, you got to have a purpose. You got to have a specific build in your army that you're using them for. Otherwise, I just don't. I just don't know. Yeah, I agree. They're cool though. I reckon they're cool. All right, great hunters. Um, literally a tactical marine. <laughs> that can have a wolf guard pack leader, a wolf guard pack leader, and turn around, which we've already talked about. Um, these guys, they get to have a bulk gun. Do they get to have a bulk gun and a chain sword still? Avial models group with a bolt pistol, bulk gun, frag, crack grenades, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yep. Every, every, any number of great hunters can each be equipped with a, a size grain, uh, chain sword. That was their claim to fame. That's always been their claim to fame. You get a bulk gun and a chain sword. Uh, I'm not sure there's much else to say here because that's pretty much all that differentiates them from a tactical marine, apart from the, uh, the wolf guard pack leader and wolf guard pack leader in turning red arm, which, of course, you can, you can kit up to be pretty much any. Terminator configuration or Vanguard Vet configuration um, that you can think up. But uh, yeah, is there anything else to say there? They are also 18 points per model, so they're the same as the Blood Claws. Mm. No, I, there's not really much to add here. I think when you look at them side by side with uh, Blood Claws, I think Blood Claws are probably just a bit better because of um, Berserker Charge. Yeah, I agree. I, I do think I think Blood Claws are a little bit better. They fit more into the ethos and the 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 ways I feel like you're going to play with Space Marines, as, uh, sorry, Space Wolves as well. Although you know, I, with with your kind of Berserker, bonkers ass, crazy everything into their face, you do kind of want to have a unit or two you can leave at home if you've got an objective mission that has three objectives in or just outside your deployment zone. There are going to be times you're going to want to leave something at home, and maybe that's what uh, Grey Hunters are. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's a good analysis of it. Mm. All right, next one's yours, man. Cool. Um, so uh, we've got just Wolfguard. Um, so but anyway, between four and nine, Wolfguard. Uh, movement six, uh, weapon skill was skill three, strength four, T4, two wounds, two attacks, leadership eight, three up armor, pack leader, all the same except for the additional attack. Um, standard with bolt pistol, bolt gun. Um, and this is where it starts getting good. Um you can give this unit jump packs, so it goes up to movement 12. Um, they get flying jump pack keywords. Um, they can take storm shields. For me, this is the kind of the Vanguard Vet Squad version um, pretty much exactly for Space Wolves. I think going up to two wounds is phenomenal. Um, I think little five-man MSU squads uh, of these guys um, have a bit of play, storm shields, lightning claws, maybe the pack leader with a hammer or a fist. Um, you could you could grow that yep. out to a ten man squad if you've got the points uh, and combat squad it where required. But um, I think I, I think I like the the smaller kind of. I'm a I'm a huge you, you hit the nail yeah. on that. I'm a big fan of five man uh, wolf guard with jump pack units. Uh, same with vanguard veteran units for any other space marines. Um, just them with jump packs, couple storm shields and lightning claws on the rest. Uh, I think they're really good, really flexible units. Definitely, yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, I think there's a lot of lot of play with them, um, especially maybe holding them off the board, putting them into the midfield. They're a midfield kind of bully unit or retake unit. Yeah. Yeah. All right, jumping over to another special character. <laughs> this is Lucas the Trickster. The trickster. He is 
Uh, can you uh, get up his points for a sec while I just read him out? So movement six, weapon skill two, bliss skill three plus, strength four, toughness four, four wounds, five attacks, leadership eight, three plus save. He comes with the plasma pistol. It is just a plasma pistol. And he comes with the claws of the jackal wolf, which is strength plus one, minus two, two damage. And you can reroll the wound roll. So that's five attacks at strength five, minus two, two damage. Special rules, a blood claws hero. Whilst a friendly Blood Claws, Sky Claws, or Swift Claws unit is within six of this model, each time a Blood Claws, Sky Claws, or Swift Claws model in the unit makes a melee attack, you can re-roll the hit roll. So it's four re-rolls to hit for those units, which is really quite hard to come by outside of a Chapter Master, or freaking Gilliman, to be honest. Um, he has Rebellious Presence. While another friendly Space Wolves unit was in three of this model, subtract one from the leadership characteristic of models in that unit. So he debuffs other Space Wolves models. So he would debuff those same ones he is buffing yeah. if they're within three inches. Uh, then he has the last life in the fight phase. If this model is destroyed by a melee attack made by an enemy model, roll off with your opponent. If you win the roll off, that enemy suffers D6 mortal wounds. <laughs> That's pretty cute. He then also has the pult of the doppelganger, ganger, whatever. Pelt of a doppelganger. Each time an attack is made against this unit and a modified hit roll of 1 to 3 always fails, irrespective of wounds or anything. So he's got permanent transhuman. And this model cannot be your warlord and cannot have a warlord trait. How many points does this do? He is 80 points. He's a lot of fun. Yeah. He's a trickster. <laughs> I'm not sure if he's good, but he's a lot of fun. Full rerolls to hit, by the way, guys. Like I said, full rerolls to hit in an aura is something that only now Gilliman has that I'm aware of in, inside the Space Marines kind of lexicon of codexes. But uh, yeah, he gives it to Blood Claws, Swift Claws, Sky Claws. That's kind of interesting. I mean, if you were to make, if you were, if you had a lot of firstborn Space Wolves around, Lucas is pretty hot, I think. He's pretty good, pretty spicy. What are your thoughts? I, could, yeah, I, th- I definitely think he could be really interesting to play. It'd be a lot of fun. Um, how to fit him in, not sure. But like, I, I can imagine him going in a drop pod with... Um, you know, a bunch of blood claws or something like that as well, and just being something really interesting um, in like a backfield if there's a hole or something like that. It'd be very interesting. Yeah, I, I'm quite, I'm quite a fan. I think I'd, I'd love to put him. I wish he had a deep strike mechanic. Yeah, you, you want a deep strike. You want to get him into the thick of it yeah. quickly to, so he can cause some mayhem. But uh, the last laugh thing, the it's, it's actually so cute. You run in, you attack something that's way more deadly than you. Uh, do like, you know, three or four wounds, get yourself killed and blow them up. I think that's hilarious. Yes, it's, it's money. It could be really funny. It'd be really clutch. Hmm. All right, next one's your cool. All right, so we've got Wolfguard Terminators. Um, so between four and nine Wolfguard Termies, um, movement five, three and three for weapon skill, blister skill, uh, strength four, T4, three wounds uh, with the change, uh, two attacks, leadership eight, two up armor, pack leader gives the extra attack. Um, these are really good. So there's no massive special rules outside the standard teleport strike and their five up invo. Um, what I love about Wolfguard Terminators is having access to all the different combi weapons that Space Wolf have. Um, I had a lot of fun running a big block of these with, I think it was eight combi melters and uh, two storm shield uh, power fists. Um, it's a very, it can be a very killer unit um, with the three wounds. Now it's great losing transhuman, not a great feeling, um, but the, there is, I think there's some play still in having a killy terminator unit like this come down um in the mid board and just hold a place on the board it 
still takes a lot of work to clear out 30 wounds of Terminators um, with Storm Shields, uh, and Combi Melters are just really, really efficient at the moment. So, yeah. Well, so where these guys differentiate themselves from any other Terminator pretty much in the game is you have full customization on both their weapons mm-hmm. options. You can take Storm Bolter um, and uh, Storm Shield. You can take Lightning Claw Storm Shield. You can take combi melter storm shield you can take pretty much any combination that you can take on a terminator you is open to you and that's really where you can let your imagination run wild with the possibilities um, i know my good mitch pelham um who uh did the last space was episode with us he used to swear by a combi plasma with the combi plasma storm shield unit and then storm bolter storm shield units which could get up to like seven attacks a pop with all the extra bonuses from Arjack and stuff like that um and that's where these guys really shine i feel like it, if you sorry if you're going out and you're going to start and buy some terminators magnetize at least one of their arms because you're going to want to change because you can change and i think that's the beauty of them that's very very true also it's extremely hard to find combi melters which i found out mm, it's true actually yeah um yeah great great unit and lots of different ways to run them fantastic sky's the limit all right this is a new one hounds of morkai this is like a special fandangle reavers and hopefully they are better than regular reavers because actual reavers are kind of a bit lacking the space wolves codex tried so space marines codex tried really hard to make reavers enticing and i think it just fell over a little bit these guys do have the reaver keywords so all the applicable buffs that came in the space Wolves codex do apply here and uh, they have the same stat line as a reaver that being movement six weapon skill blitz skill three plus strength and toughness four two wounds two attacks leadership seven three plus save extra attack extra leadership from the pack leader sergeant special issue bolt pistol comes as standard um, which can be swapped oh no it cannot be swapped out um usually it can be swapped out for a bolt carbine which is just essentially a, a bolter um but the special issue bolt pistol range 12 this pistol one strength four rend two one damage and the combat knight is uh strength user no rend one damage one additional attack with this weapon um it comes does it come with they do come standard with grapnel launches so it has the add flank ability and when the bear's unit moves uh makes a normal move advances or falls back does not count any vertical distance it moves so it can move up and down floors as if it weren't there um this has angels of death has hunters beyond death models in this unit ignore the lookout sir rule if the target is a psyker in addition each time a model in that unit makes an attack against an enemy psyker unit add one to the attack's hit roll and add one to the damage characteristics of that attack so they'd be already hitting on twos if they made a charge but they'd be hitting on ones essentially so negating any minus one to hit they may have and then additional damage on their no rend attacks which is kind of frustrating they have runic totems this unit can only be selected as the target of an enemy psychic power if it is the closest enemy unit to the model manifesting the psychic power in addition each time this unit will lose a wound as a result of a, of a wound so you lose a wound in the psychic phase roll 1d6 on a full plus the wound is not lost and the last one being morkai's howl which is an aura while an enemy psychic unit is within 18 of this unit subtract one from psychic test taken for it Whilst an enemy psychic unit is within six of this unit, subtract an additional one. So they have a better version of Shadows in the Warp, hilariously. Um, they have a plus one to hit and plus one damage against psychers, and they have four plus uh, feel no pain against mortal wounds. Well, against any wound done in the psychic phase, should any other wounds come your way. What are your thoughts here, dude? I've, look, I was really, really hoping for these and really excited. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't dislike them. I just struggle to find where they, they fit. Right now, maybe not so much because, you know, I, I think their anti-psycho abilities will go underutilized. But I think there's – I'm super excited to, to build a list that makes the Reaver 
stratagems in the core marine book work these guys still have access to it which i think is great and i'm i would love in my head it sounds really cool to be able to go okay i'm coming in i'm turning off um your actions and i'm turning off your obsec and you know things like that like that to me plays amazing but then i go well block a thunderwolf cavalry or something else charging into that stuff just kills it and stops what they're doing anyway so <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Um, the Hunters Beyond Death is the f- is the funniest, cutest rule that I think will never matter. Um, <laughs> exactly. The lookout you you could ignore the lookout sir rule with your five pistol shots. Yay! I'm getting you. <laughs> uh, you're gonna smash them to bits if you're 12 inches away. You're gonna be 12 inches away to make use of any of these things. I mean, they do have frag and crack grenades. If you get right up next to them, take that chamber. You can use your frag and crack. But I mean, literally, if you could have gotten these guys right up next to them, you could have gotten any unit in your army right exactly. Up next to them. And that and that's where it starts to not synergize. Yeah, that's where it starts to fall down. They're 22 points a model as well. So the, I think that is more expensive. I think actual regular reavers are only 18 points per model. Yeah. I might double check that. Yeah, so they're they're four points more expensive for a bunch of stuff that only matters if your opponent's taking psychers. Um, and honestly, I don't there aren't that many psychers in the game at the moment, guys. I mean, you play Necrons, zero psychers, cool. You play most Space Marines have no psychers. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just don't. I just don't see where they're going to get the value. It's cute. I like that they're there. I like that these exist, though. I like that they're giving a, a brand new unit to a faction that is specialized to them and what they do these are thematic they make sense to be in, in this faction and all their all their special rules make sense to what their purpose is supposed to be they're just not that relevant right now you got anything else to say no um i think that sums it up very nicely uh and i think it's a sleepy unit that potentially as the game as ninth continues to evolve and new codexes come out they may um become really key yep yeah. fair cool all right so my we've man, got, we've got Wolfen, and another one that's just going to trigger me a little bit, but that's okay. Um, so yeah. Wolfen, you can four to nine Wolfen with a pack leader to make ten if you want. Um, movement eight, so they've gone up and they've got an extra inch of movement. Weapon skill three, ballistic skill five, strength five, um, T five now. Um, so gone up on toughness, two wounds, uh, which is the same. Three attacks, leadership seven and four attacks on the uh, pack leader and a four-up save. So some slight changes there. Um, the pack leader still takes the, the Wolf and Frost Claws, which is plus one strength, neg two, um, and one damage, and can make an additional attack with the weapon uh, and reroll wounds. Um, so in terms of abilities, they still have Death Frenzy, so, but it's changed. So each time a model in this unit is destroyed by melee attack, if that model has not fought this phase, um, it is able to do so um, and then remove from play. So previously they were able to do this even if they had already fought, which is what made them so inc- incredibly killy. Um, yeah. They yep. have a new ability called Bestial Rage, which is this unit cannot perform any actions as described in the Warhammer 40,000 core book. <laughs> Oof. Big ouch. Um, Oof. Wolf and how? So while friendly space wolves, infantry, biker, or cavalry units within six of this unit, you can reroll charge rolls for the unit uh, and blood claws um, get it within 12 units. 
uh, 12 inches. Um, and then they've got Savage Killers. Each time you make an attack for a model in this unit, if your arm, army benefits from combat doctrines, the assault doctrine is treated being uh, always active for these guys. Um, so, and they also get Shock Assault on permanently. So, a couple things. They lose their Feel No Pain, which was a huge um, thing that they needed for mm. their survivability. Um, the Storm Shield change probably hurts this unit more than any other unit in the game because their base save is a four. Um, they look realistically, they got declawed. They're um, from a from a purely competitive standpoint, they're incredibly hard to make a case for because they lose advance and charge, they lose their feel no pain, they're less survivable, even while gaining one point of toughness they can't be transhuman anymore like it's it's struggle street for them they don't even have a strat many stratagems that can even be applied to them so it's tough guys. yeah they they need another wound if they got to three wounds at the same point they're only they're 25 points mm. a model which isn't isn't bad 25 points is reasonable yeah 25 points is respectable it's actually quite good 250 points for 10 wolfen Third wound. Third wound would have changed everything, would have made them respectable again. I mean, Savage Killers is very nice. This, this is still an ultra-killer unit. It just can't take any hits anymore, anything. Anybody who is tooled to kill Marines is going to blow these guys over. Exactly. And I think the one other thing worth mentioning is that the fact that they lose core, which I didn't mention. Oh, snap. Oh, wow. Actually, yeah, I just noticed that then. I mean, so the, the not being able to perform action things isn't as relevant as you, as you think. I mean, in all honesty, when would you, did you want your Wolfen to perform actions? They're just running at your That's opponent. Great. These guys should also, these these guys should have Swift Hunters. 100% they should have Swift Hunters. Why can't these guys advance and charge? They are wolves. They are on their way to being Thunder, thunder Cav, you know, being rider, rideable models. They should have an extra wound. They should have thunder Swift Hunters. Um yeah, it just, it's it's really bad. I mean, reroll the, uh, the other rules are good though. Death Frenzy is still always getting to fight. That did get nerfed. It is still relevant. It's still good. Um, Wolf and How reroll. They get real charges themselves. Actually, yeah, they get real, they get real charges themselves. And um, you know, always getting assault doctrine. It's always getting exploding sixes and always getting an extra attack. Essentially, being starting uh, with four attacks on their data sheet. Look, all good things. The problem is though, these guys will just x freaking explode. Yeah. They will absolutely explode. Um, maybe there's some stuff there we're not seeing. I mean, but if like if you had an apothecary, okay, we've we've got a conversation now. You, you can make these guys respectable. Um, three up armor, four plus involved, six up feel no pain for 25 points. Actually, good. That's actually fine. Uh, but there's so many two damage weapons out there. I mean, you think about what one unit of uh, uh, plasma set, plasma receptors do to this squad. It's like disgusting. three of them. Just kill it. Just absolutely kill it. Um, yeah, it's actually it's really, really rough. Anyway, moving on. Wolf and Dreadnought. Mm, so should we talk about this in at the same time as Murderfang? Do they cross over a lot? A little bit? Doesn't seem like they but, do, but I, we will we will talk about both. And uh, so this one is movement eight, so it doesn't it hasn't got the, the crap of movement. Member skill three, blitz skill five plus, strength six, toughness seven, wounds eight, four attacks, leadership seven, and three plus save. It is a group with a friend risen great axe. Uh, Great Wolf Claw and a Storm Bolter. Um, 
Pum, 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 has a, it can take a Blizzard Shield for a four plus involved. Doesn't get the plus. Doesn't get a plus one save as a Storm Shield would get, but a four plus involved is still pretty good. It has a Murder Lust. <laughs> Murder <laughs> Lust. You can uh, reroll charge rolls made for this unit. That is sick. Has Duty Eternal. That is also sick. Bestial Rage. This unit cannot perform any actions. It's a vehicle. It couldn't perform any actions anyway, pretty most of the time, unless you're in one that has uh, special rules attached to the mission. But uh, so this model, this model's Fenrisian Great Axe or Wolf Claws. Uh, and Storm Bolter can both be exchanged for one Blizzard Shield and one Storm Bolter, blah, 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 blah. So you can take an Axe and a Blizzard Shield, or you can take um, the double Great Wolf Claw. Those are the Great Axe is has a Cleave ability, which is merely Strength plus 4, minus 3, Damage D3 plus 3. Each time it makes a we- attack with its weapon, it is minus 1 to the hit rolls it would hit on 4s, uh, unless it charged, in which case it would back to be 3s. And then the Scythe attack is strength user minus three one damage and it makes two attacks instead of one so on the charge it would do 10 attacks with that weapon i really hoped that in the new space ring codex all dreadnoughts would get some kind of sweep attack but fair enough and the great wolf claws strength plus four minus two flat three damage each time you make an attack with this weapon you can re-roll the wound roll not bad what kind of a what kind of points are these guys running yeah the wolf and dread starts at 120 yeah what are your thoughts? What are your feelings? I, There's a couple of good specials. Uh, look, I don't hate it, what, but by itself, like just by itself, it doesn't feel quite enough. But that then you you go, oh, do I take a bunch of them? Do I like put two in, and then I, then I put <laughs> do I take you know, do I put Murder Fang in there as well, and then and beyond, and just and you start just be a mad, be a mad you just start layering on all these dreadnoughts with you know. Invo saves and you know re-rolling charges and it it's interesting. It's a but you, you got to like double up on it. You got to double up. You got to triple up. You got to start layering on to make it effective. Because you're just in, throwing one. Of the, in the words of in the words of the Jeremy Jeremy Marigold, this is your triple down yeah. option. If you're taking any dread, you're going to yeah, triple down. Pretty much, because um, in in isolation by itself, it's like oh that's that's interesting, but it doesn't do enough. And it's a bit of a target. You take a brick of them though, and they're a great use for Stormcaller. This is actually a brick that Najal can keep up with. Najal can sit in the middle of that. He can advance yeah. every turn and uh, get off all his stuff. That's not a bad. That's not a bad thing. Um, but yeah, actually, I actually don't mind them. Four plus involved, bunch of attacks with a sweep option as well. Um, reroll charges, duty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like I the like low it. price point for the for the base model. Um, yeah, hundred. It's not bad at all. Yeah, and then it's only five points for for a shield, and that's it. Sick, you know. Yeah, one twenty-five. I've yeah, a lot. Um, I'll quickly hit us Murderfang as well. So he is movement eight, whip skill uh, two plus, bliss skill five plus, which I don't think matters because I think he's got flamers. I guess of a storm bolter. Um, strength six, toughness seven, eight wounds, five plus five attacks, leadership eight, three plus save. He is equipped with the murder claws. <laughs> Uh, murder fang using the murder claws it's like they can't not use the same word multiple times per data sheet uh, but here we go uh, his murder claws are strength times strength times two minus three flat three damage with rerolls to wound he also has a heavy heavy flame and a storm bolter he is has murder maker <laughs> how many more murders can you get into this guy's thing uh, you can reroll charge rolls made for this model and this model makes three additional attacks instead of one as a result of this shock assault taking it up to eight attacks um this has uh, Duty Eternal. This has f- Force of Untamed Destruction. Cannot be your Warlord and cannot have a Warlord trait. It can up from any attacks, any actions as it has Bestial Rage and also explodes. 
How many points? This guy is 150 points. Mm. Man, that that profile, eight attacks at strength 12 minus three, three damage rerolls to wound. That's very attractive. Uh, how do you feel? Oh, look, I, I would love to just rock up to a game with someone I haven't met before and be like, okay, I'm rerolling my Wolf and Dreadnoughts because of Murder Lust. I get three additional attacks with Murder Fang because I have the Murder Maker ability. And, you know, and then the Murder Claws, do, like, it'd be hilarious. Um, <laughs> I, look, I, I'd love to see three Wolf and Dreadnought with Murder Fang charging up the board. Murder Fang's untargetable with the, as long as those three are around. And if you can find some ways to chaff clear um, and make sure you get them into, into what you want to get them into, um, it'd be it would be terrifying, dude. Three into three outriders. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's hard. yeah. And then yeah. just build a, build a bit of a bit of a core, maybe some drills with um, blood claws in it. You got yourself a source. We just wrote. We just did all part two. There we go. Done. We don't need to do part two now. It's done. <laughs> Tell us about cyborgs. Oh, okay, I'm gonna I'll roll cyborgs and Fenris in wolves into one um, because I just think it makes sense. Um, cyborgs. So one cyborg, you can take one or up to five. Um, I think being able to take one for 15 points is pretty cool. Uh, movement 10, weapon skill 3, uh, strength 4, T4, two wounds on a cyborg, three attacks, um, leadership 6, four up save. Uh, teeth and claw, so strength user, which is four, minus one, one damage. They have swift time to so advance and charge built in. Uh, so a fast attack slot, they're at a premium in Wolves lists. However, um, 15 points for a single model with two wounds that can easily hide, can advance and charge, which you probably wouldn't use, but it's more about what secondaries can this start to jank me, um, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So, and Space space Marines, as a general rule of thumb, don't have access to really cheap screen or just throwaway units. Um, I think the only one I can really think of at the top of my head is Servitors. So, and these are coming even cheaper. So, um, if we look at Venrisian wolves, they come in squads of five up to 15. They can include a cyber wolf as a kind of a sergeant deal. Um, they're seven points a model. Their movement 10, weapon skill three, strength four, T4, one wound, two attacks, leadership four, with a six up save. They have teeth and claws as well. They have Swift Hunters for advance and charge, and they have Pack Mentality, which is if you've got five or more models, add one to the leadership characteristics of the models in this unit. Um, and if you have 10 or more, add two. So squads of five are, are great um, for the same reason Cyborgs are. You got, they can, both Cyborgs and Wolves can perform actions um, when it comes to like mission-specific actions or the call for yeah. infantry, which is amazing. Um yeah, they're just they're a cheap, viable screen or cheap secondary dude, scorers. Seven points per model for the Fenrisian Wolves, 15 for the Cyber Wolves. Dude, five Fenrisian Wolves, what, what's that, 35 yeah, 35. points? 35. Bam, bargain. Absolute bargain for getting engaged, line breaker if you're ballsy enough to go for it. I, I like them a lot. I think yeah. they're good. Uh, I think it should be heavily considered in most competitive lists. I hundred percent agree. And I see here's a, here's an issue I have. Yeah, so I was reading through just the um, the Dark Angels index. Yeah, and there's this thing every every um, Black Knight unit you can take one um, essentially Black Knight character like a, a, a Ravenwing Apothecary Ancient or Champion without taking up a slot. I wish that was the same for Thunderwolf Cavalry and Fenrisian Wolves because then it wouldn't be this 
crap fight over your fast attack exactly. slots. I think that's a really um, good call out. It would be a, it would be crazy good. Every Thunderwolf cavalry unit, you can have a unit of Fenrir and wolves to to pack along with them. That'd be amazingly good. Anyway, Thunderwolf Cav is the next one. And we're going to be talking about these ones for a little bit, I think. Uh, movement 10, web skill, web skill 3 plus, strength 4, toughness 5, 4 wounds, 2 attacks, leadership 8, 3 plus, save one more attack on the pack leader. They come equipped with just what you'd expect bolt pistol, status chainsword, crushing teeth and claws, blah, 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 blah. And uh, crushing teeth and claws have already done that. Status chainsword already done that. Storm shield, you already know what that is. They can take a bunch of different options. Um, well, all melee options, essentially. You can take pretty much a storm shield and any hand weapon thunder thun you know power sword thunder hammer etc etc or you can just take a the status chainsword and your bolt pistol and be done they have swift hunters now these seem to be the biz yeah, yeah? This, this is what this book is all about in some way if you if you're playing space wolves i think everyone likes playing cav and now they're actually amazing <laughs> Well, if you're a Space Wolves player, I think every Space Wolves player from 5th edition onwards will have like 20 Cav. Well, I'll tell you what, I didn't because I started in like the end of 8th, start of ninth when they weren't so great. And I, I already, around, I already have 20. So that's, that's how far. Don't you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, already 20, that's messed up. But you meant the end of 7th, start of 8th, yeah? You haven't only yeah, been playing yeah, this game yeah, for six months. Yeah. Well, I meant I meant on the space rules <laughs> train, but yeah, uh, of course. But dude, yeah, this is crazy. So, what's your? Uh, do you, you can take two to five, so you can have uh, with one pack leader. So you can have up to six of these guys. What do they run your points wise? Uh, so points wise, a Thundercab is forty five base, um, and then it's all about customizing. So, I mean, there's a lot of. There's a lot of different schools of thought around the loadouts for these guys at the moment. I guess it just comes down to what you want to run and what how you want your list to run. Um, the fact is, you can just take them with like a bolt pistol, chainsword, and they're yeah. good. They're actually quite good. I think you you just take the storm shield at that point. Is it are they five point storm shields or ten point storm shields? Uh, they're five points, I believe. Oof, that's, that's nice. 50, point, 50 uh, yeah. points for four wounds that have a 2 plus 4 plus and um, are going to have, what's that, four strength four, 4 minus 1 attacks hitting on twos in addition to another three strength 5 minus 2 attacks hitting on twos on the charge. That's a nice little package for 50 with points. A, that does a with lot With an option of for a plus 1 to wound and all the other things we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, very tasty. Um I do like the idea of uh, units of five. I actually wouldn't go to six. I think you you run into too many coherency issues and the blast issues, yep. of course. But do you think you think units of five is where it's at, or would you just spam units? I think of three? five is where it's at. It makes it durable that taking a few casualties isn't going to just ruin what the unit can do. Yeah. Um, the only thing I'd consider putting a big weapon on would be the pack leader. Maybe a power fist on the pack leader or a thunder hammer if you're so inclined. But uh, I do quite. Ju- I just like them with a. a Storm shield and anything is just seems super sexy. Yeah, I, th- I think they, they, there's so many different ways to customize them to make them efficient. Still, like even putting like I, I, I'm looking at power fists across the entire unit with storm shields because I'm uh, betting on the the sheer amount of attacks from the mounts themselves to take care of any chaff uh, that I want them to as well, yep. and then the absurd damage being able to have reliable non one damage weapons is really really cool <laughs> yep nice 
Anything, anything else to talk about with them? No, I think we're going to talk about them a lot when we start looking at lists and things like that. Um, but yeah, in part two, we'll be talking about them more than anything. I, else. I think just think about the the many overlapping ways to increase their efficiency, and this is why they're so good. Agreed. Uh, Sky closes up next. This is essentially an assault squad. I'm not sure if there's much that these guys have on top of that. Um, they have death from above, so they have deep strike. They have berserk charge and headstrong. Um, they can take a pack leader, of course, and they have already have. So they have. They can take a wolf guard pack leader and a sky claw black pack leader. Um, I do like that because it gives you that duality of customization where you can have the two storm shields or you can have the two kitted out um, beefy dudes. Um, but apart from that, yeah, they have all the same restrictions as an assault squad. Yeah, yeah, it's essentially it's essentially the same, just with the the special the special abilities that they're having forced upon them. But yeah, uh, with their with their movement, I don't think the special abilities are that are that big a deal because you'll get to control what's going to be the closest a lot more with the twelve inch move than you will with a six inch move. Um, so I don't see it as being actually limiting, actually really. see with the having berserk charge actually puts them. A step up, almost on a regular assault squad. Oh, for sure it does, dude. So, yeah, it's pretty um, good. what is that? That's um, be four attacks each on the charge. Yeah, uh, with a yeah, so with a, a, sorry, three attacks, a sky core. So one, two, two, three. Yeah, four. Sorry. Simple yeah, four math. if they got a chainsaw, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, twenty points for four attacks. Seems good. Seems quite good. I'm at movement twelve, two wins now. Um, yeah, I'm. I, yeah, I, I like him. What's the difference? What's the points cost between them oh, and the wolf guard with a jump pack? The only issue with the sky claws, they're in that fast attack exactly. slot, man. That's they're the just, problem. You just might not see them. So because yeah, for interestingly, uh, wolf guard are nineteen points base, and I believe a jump pack is two points per model. Yeah, two points. So, Yikes. sorry, Skyclaws, you're not even going to get a sniff. you're off the table again. Yeah, sorry, boys. The fact that you're in the fast attack slot, which is going to be the he- most heavily contested mm-hmm. one, and just one point's difference to get a vastly superior platform, um, yeah, just not going to get a sniff. Yeah. Um, and then I guess Long Fangs. Uh, it's, a, it, it's a similar situation with Skyclaws. The only real call-out from Long Fangs in terms of a regular Devastator squad, I think, is the fact that you can take... A Wolfguard Terminator pack leader and give him a Storm Shield. Yeah, which is cool. Like, legitimately, yeah. like, he's going to be a nice beefcake for you. He's going to get in the way of a lot of shots. What is pretty cool about Long Fangs, though, I guess, is if you did want to do a drop pod kind of alpha strike scenario, you've got keen senses, the stratagem to lean back on to ignore that yep. uh, movement penalty with the heavy weapon. So there, there's that. But does it change a lot? Not sure, but it's cool. Yeah, it's cool. I like it. Um, I like the idea of them being your backfield objective holders. Like you can just take a, you know, six guys for special weapons of choice. Two guys, two guys with storm shields. One of those being a terminator, and they are really frustrating to kill. Like very frustrating. Definitely. Um, yeah. All right. Now we're up to the two gunships. I can tell you right now, both of these start at two hundred points. Sorry, nope, nope, nope. 300 points. I'll take that back. They both start at three freaking 100 points. Let's see if they're worth it. Um, they have the same uh, profile. Uh, weapon skill 6+, plus, as you'd expect. Blitz skill 3+, plus. strength 8 for whatever freaking reason. Uh, 
for all that charging they're going to be doing. Uh, toughness, seven, 14 wounds, six attacks. Again, for some strange reason. Leadership, eight, and a three-plus save. The Stormfang gunship has a Hellfrost Destructor, Skyhammer missile launcher, and two Stormstrike missile launchers. They are as thus. The Hellfrost Destructor, Dispersed Beam is 36-inch range, heavy 3d3, strength 6, minus 2, 1 damage, blast. And the Focused is 36-inch range, heavy d3, strength 10, minus 4, flat 6, blast. Not bad. Uh, the Skyhound Missile is heavy 3, strength 7, minus 1, d3 damage. Each time it's made attack made against an aircraft, add 1 to the attack's hit roll. And the Scorm Strike Missile Launcher is the same as on the um, the Storm Raven. Heavy 1, Strength 8, minus 3, 3 damage. It can exchange the Missile Launchers um, for two Melter Arrays, uh, two, two Twin Heavy Bolters, and the model Storm Strike Missile Launcher can be replaced with two Laser Cannons. The Melter Array, we already know what the Heavy Bolters are. The Melter Array is Heavy D3, Strength 8, minus 4, D6 damage. Each time is made with a uh, within half range, of course, as a D6 plus 2. Um the special rules are is thus explodes of course airborne hover jet supersonic and hard to hit has a transport capacity of six models that is a lot going on there there are a lot of different profiles and a lot of different weapons there some of those are very attractive as well what are your thoughts look i think the output is pretty decent especially that hellfrost structure could be pretty clutch i mean it looks great on paper but like how often are we going to convert that um yeah and so they they went up massively in price uh, with the coding, massively, like massively. Um, and they were they were they were probably undercosted at their previous price point. But this seems like a total overreach in terms of points, and they no longer have the stratagem to just auto explode. So exactly, yeah. Or they had an amazing stratagem in Psychic Awakening that gave them a bunch of extra damage and a bunch of reliability on their shots. Or at least the thing that it was their main yeah. game. And to lose that, to lose exploding, to have a price hike the weapon profiles have changed a little bit for the better, but it, it, it seems absurd. 300 points, right. As opposed to what say like a dark Talon or an Athlon jet fighter bring to the table for significantly less points. Um, yeah. Well, a Nephilim's 110 points less. Um, admittedly, it doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't have as many wounds, has less toughness, but it, it brings almost a comparable amount of shots. It's got like 16 heavy bolter shots on that damn thing. Um, on top of the uh, two missile shots as well, which aren't, uh, which are pretty respectable. So I'll just we'll quickly touch on the Stormwolf, and then we can talk about these two as a package. So the gunship, the Stormfang was the one with the. Um, they both got transport capacity. The Stormfang is the gunship. Gunship. It only has a six transport capacity. The Stormwolf has a sixteen-man transport capacity, which actually is pretty massive when you think about it. Um, it's equipped with two las cannons, Skyhome missile launcher, and twin Hellfrost cannon. And I believe it can also um, have the same. It has the missile launchers can be replaced with the following two missile arrays. So two melter arrays or two twin heavy bolters. The uh, melter array is the same as the one which before, as is the Skyhome missile launchers. And the twin Hellfrost cannon dispersed is heavy 2d3 instead of the 3d3 we had on the other one. Um, strength 6 minus 2, 1 damage. It blasts exactly the same, but less 1d3 less. And the focused is heavy 2 rather than heavy d3, but strength 8 instead of strength 10. The same 4 rend and only 4 damage instead of 6. Um, oh, jeez. I actually so firstly I hate the model. Always hate the model. I always hated the model. Um I do like the the amount of DACA you get out of the Stormfang yeah. is actually freaking crazy. But three hundred points, I don't know if you can justify it. 
Toughness 7, 14 wounds ain't what it used to be, guys. You can knock that out of the air, top of turn one, pretty and easy. Like, yeah, no interaction with obscuring. That Well, there's interaction mm. with obscuring in terms of everyone can see you, but you still have to follow the rules for obscuring to shoot, which is yeah. like there's just not really a lot going for it in terms of uh, like you want to take it. Like there's too much risk involved. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's 300 points of stuff you don't need no. to take. Um, admittedly, you can just hover this at the back of the table or the back of your table edge and just shoot from the backboard while everything else runs up and gets in their face. That could be okay. Like you can, you can get a lot of work done from that position. Um, but I mean, then why are you taking it? Mm. Like, just yeah, just I don't, yeah, I don't get, I don't get what they do. I don't get what they bring. I mean, the, you can pack it. You can just chuck a unit of obsec blood claws in it that you have to take because you took a patrol or something. Um, and just sit them inside it. And th- then, then yeah, cool, cool. You can fly it around. It gets blown up. Maybe you get blown up on an objective and get out, jump on it. That's not too bad. Um, and the, I actually really like the weapons. I like the, I like the array weapons. Hellforce Destructor um, with – what do you replace? Replace your Skyhammer missiles. So you replace the weakest one with the Melter mm-hmm. Array. 2d3 strength and minus 4d6. So 2d3 multi-melter shots that you can just fly up to somebody on top of having D3, strength 10, minus 4, flat 6 damage attacks. Get a lot of work done, man. Yeah. I just, and the, for 300, 300 points, I just can't yeah. like it, you know? I mean, it's nice that the Melter Array and the Destructor have blast across all the profiles, but again, it's it's a tough sell. It's a tough sell when I'm like, oh, three Eradicators, ooh, and I'm probably not in range turn one, <laughs> but, you know, if I was, or, I mean, yeah, it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Or I tell you, attack bikes are all the rage at the moment with multi melters. This thing is dead. <laughs> this thing is dead. Yeah, no, it's just it, you just can't keep it alive. Um, oh, I love it though. It's cool. It's cool. All right, that brings us to the end of this epic journey. We have gone. It's two and a half hours. We have just we are two two hours and thirty eight minutes in. So it's time to talk about this thing as a whole. Now, I have some misgivings about this book, um, and I'll talk about them after I, I'll let you have your say. What are your thoughts overall? How do you feel about uh, it? Overall, I, I'm pretty excited to, to continue playing this army um, and to continue iterating and finding some stuff that works um, for the time being. Um, I think there's, a, there's some cool play, obviously, with Thunderwolf Cav, the, the different ward traits and relics and everything like that mix in very nicely with it. It's got, it's got some flavor to it. However, I feel like I'm being shoehorned into a situation where it's built a block, uh, a core spine of the list around Thunderwolf Cavalry, and then what are my tech choices from there, dependent on the meta, dependent on what I need to to prop up my secondary scoring and to, you know, just to play a complete game. And after building that core, the amount of points left to me is not, uh, not huge. So... It's about fine-tuning and, and, and working it out from there. I think it's competitive um, and it will initially it will catch people off guard um, with some of the tricks that it can do. But once people figure out the tricks uh, and as new codexes come out, we'll really kind of decide where it, it settles. I think right now it's strong, but it's not the strongest chapter. So in doing our um, internal-external rating, at, at a score out of 10, 
a five being a pass for, for G-Dub and how good this book is, a 10 being this is the best book Space Wolves have ever had. Where, what would you give it out of 10? Uh, I'd probably be committal around a seven and a half or so. Um, it's definitely not bad. It's definitely not bad. Um, the, like, I'll take one example. White Scars have a built-in advance and charge and fallback and charge army-wide. Um, I have a way to activate that on some units in a roundabout way that takes effort. Yeah, with some terms and conditions. Yeah. So, yeah, the, I, I think it's definitely got some strengths. Uh, it's got some really cool play with the heroic intervention stuff um, and things like that. But I, I, I wish I had more creativity around what I took as the core of my list. Like if I could take Wolfen uh, or, you know, if Wolfguard terminators were like super viable if i could get if the wolf card keyword did things like little things like that that just don't make sense um yeah that's probably the gaps i see okay um and where do you see them in the, in the current like uh well i would say f to s tier but there is no f tier so it's like c to a to s tier codex um ranking is that we generally find as a adoptable mm, um b minus a minus b, sorry b plus a minus like something 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 like that um initially that's where i'm thinking that they'll sit um especially with you know like the the death watch codex uh is very good we've got you know death guard and dark angels on the horizon and if the dark angels end up like they have their index and you know things like that it's it's crazy down yeah so i'm i'm about to be a little bit damning and uh, I do. I'll, I'll apologize straight up to the Space Wolves players. I, I am quite positive about a lot of aspects of this book, but this thought in, is has settled into my brain now that we've finished this. And I had this thought as I was initially digesting this book. Um, but with the exception of Thunder Cavalry, every other unit in this book was better before this book. That's a fair assessment. How do you feel about that? I think that's a fair Ragnar assessment. Ragnar was better before this book. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, so maybe, maybe Fenris as well. Ragnar was better. Um, uh, Wolfen were much better. Bjorn was better. Um, a murder fang might not have been better, actually. But um, so many things were better before this book. Maybe not. Maybe not blood fangs and grey hunters. The second weird is significant. Ragnar is the best he's ever been. So there is that to be, get really excited for. But you've lost. A, it feels like it's lost a lot of flavor. There's no. There's no stratagem for blood claws. There's no stratagem for for um, for grey hunters. There's no stratagem for Wolfen. There's no stratagem for freaking anything other than Thundercav. Um, it's like. Yeah, you were absolutely right at the start. You just said my nose is pointed in one direction, and everything about it says doggo riders. Um, it's a little bit frustrating. Uh, I, I, I hope for better for um, Space Wolves players out there, um, because yeah, I do feel like you're, you're going to end up, unfortunately, being a pretty mono build decks. Um, I do think there are some other ones out there. Some, some, and those will become apparent. There are some other fringe builds that will become strong over time, but. Um, I just feel it's a little bit one-dimensional. It's a little bit too linear to be um, powerful for a long period of time. And um, I really hate saying that. It really bothers me that I'm saying that. I'm having this opinion of this book. But yeah, like I said, so many things were better um, before this book. And I guess those things have gotten worse but other th and other things have gotten better. So maybe I'm seeing this as a pass. I'll give this a 5 out of 10. This is a pass for G-Dub because they've rearranged the power scale internally for Space Wolves, but it hasn't. I don't think it's changed where they were. It hasn't added any extra dynamics, any extra feathers in the cap. It's just... They're about the same, but different things are good now. Um, 
So yeah, I'd put them probably in the middle of the B tier, to be honest. Maybe B, B plus. I would certainly wouldn't put them in A tier. Um, but you know, I might be wrong. I might be completely wrong. And let's hope I am, because there is a lot of things here that I'm really excited to see on the table. Do you know how excited I am to see Logan on the table? Yeah, man? I'm, pretty- I'm gonna laugh my ass off the first time that guy crushes my skull. I'm just gonna be like, <laughs> oh man, that's crazy. Because <laughs> he was a joke. He's been a joke and a joke and a joke. He's gonna run and he's gonna beat my ass. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be good, but um, we that's that, that, that's kind of our review of the Facebook Codex done. Any last words you want to say, Aaron? Before we no, wrap this I up? think we've covered it quite well. Um, yeah, I think the the iterations and time will tell on where it finally lands. And once we can you know start doing more events and things like that, it'd be really super interesting to see um, you know if, how many wolves come along to say the um. Uprising at Adelaide, you know we've got 120 players. Yeah. There's surely there's going to be some some innovation there. So yeah, it'd be keen to see. It'd be interesting to see what it's like. You know, a couple of months down the track with some new with with some other books start joining and see if if the power creep is real or if they all come out at about the same level roundabout. So. Yeah, agreed. So we're going to go over, we're going to record part two now. We're going to start talking about the lists and the different archetypes you can build out of this. Naturally, we're going to talk about Thundercav. We're going to talk about the big, bad Thundercav meta that might be heading all of our ways. Um, and then on top of talking about the Thundercav, we're also going to be talking about ways to tackle that because I believe that is the over, going to be the overwhelming archetype for Spatials moving forward. We're going to talk about how to play that. We're going to talk about how to counter that. We're going to talk about the things you can take to be strong against them. We're going to talk about when you play them, what are the secondaries you want to take, how you want to position yourself during the deployment phase, and a lot of the deep and the little nuanced tech pieces you want to take to accentuate that play style. We're actually going to be talking about the Dreadnought list as well. I actually want to write that list. I think that's a hell of a lot of fun. So me and Alan will write that list. Aaron will write the list together. Aaron's going to tell us about the lists he's writing already. And then we've got a patron list that we're both going to review as a, as a joint party. But please come over and join us on that. If you don't know about that, if you don't have never heard of us, um, go over to Patreon. Uh, look at uh, AOW. So it's Art of War underscore um, down under one word uh no spaces look us up jump in get involved uh, please support the podcast we have a pretty bubbling community going on right now and uh, it's only going to get bigger and better guys so thank you very much aaron for your time i hope you've enjoyed uh this meander through the the frost ridden hellscape that is the space wolves world and uh say good night definitely man. have had a good time thank you everybody and have an awesome night see ya Thank you for listening to Art of War Down Under, a content review podcast for Warhammer 40K, hosted by Adam Camilleri, produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under, signing out from tomorrow. Tomorrow.